0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. good morning sports animals here on espn honolulu on the bobby curran show and uh, on today's show uh, hey jordan helle is going to join us he's of course with the podcast uh, with hunter hughes called hawaii football now uh, he'll be joining us a little later on as we get into uh, rainbow warrior football remember tickets are on sale at eticket and at the um i was gonna say the blaisdell box office at the Stan Sheriff Center box office, so get them while they're get them while they're available. All right, top stories today: uh, Tiger Woods is uh, is, uh, is going to meet with the top twenty players in the PGA Tour to kind of rally support against the Live Series. Yeah, I'm not sure if I expected
1: that, but it's not really surprising with what the Live Tour has done early on in its tenure, I guess. And I think the PGA is a little concerned.
0: Yeah, I told you guys. <laughs> Wait, wait, how did you do the godfather again? Thank you, thank you all for meeting me here today. I can't do it. You know what it sounded I'm like? Somebody bit? else. I thought
1: you were doing Coach Mack for a minute. Hey, you
0: crazy mothers.
1: <laughs> Pretty close, Don't huh? Don't
0: go to the live Tour. You crazy mothers. <laughs> Uh, The Manti Teo documentary starts today on Netflix. What are we going to find out?
1: It's called Untold, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. He issued a a pretty long statement on his Instagram page just a few hours ago. Manti did thanking everybody. And, again, it's in his words. It's not like everybody talking about him. It's really his story. Uh, I can't wait to see it. It's going to have even more information we hear and uh, more details. I'm sure a lot of people
0: are at the very least curious about this. So, steal a password from a friend and uh, check it out on Netflix. I, we don't encourage that. Uh, oh, hey, uh, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers, his former team, have reached a settlement on uh, his grievance over withheld pay. They've settled.
1: I believe they owed him $20 million, or that's what he said they owed him. I have a feeling they probably met halfway. Confidentiality agreement, so nobody's going to talk. I don't think fans even care about that anymore. There's so much more with either Ben Simmons or other stuff in the NBA that we heard enough about his settlement deal. So I'm glad it's over with, at least. Trey sure is too.
0: Oh, I, sh- I should mention in the eight o'clock hour today. If you're if you're going to go away, make sure you come back around eight twenty if you can. Uh, Gerald Oda, who's the coach of the Honolulu Little League World Series team, is going to uh, join us today. And I just saw a terrible, terrible thing happen w- uh, over at uh, Williamsport. Uh, On one of the teams, a, a kid fell off a bunk with a top bunk of a bunk bed, and he's in a medically induced coma.
1: Yes, his name is Easton Overson of the Snow Canyon team out of Santa Clara, Utah, and this happened Sunday night. Uh, In the coma, as you said, he was airlifted to a children's hospital for surgery. They are hopeful, but that's really all the details, just a lot of great things said about the kid, and our thoughts and prayers. I'm sure everybody who follows baseball in the Little League World Series hopes for the best, but, yeah, that was tragic, sad
0: news. Hopefully, it'll have a better ending. Yeah. Um okay also it's National Tell a Joke Day. National Tell a Joke Day. So you already did it. He, what? You already told a joke when you when you imitated Marlon Brando Well, you attempted to
1: imitate Marlon That wasn't
0: Brando. A, I didn't tell a joke. That was an impersonation. A joke is you know it was it would be I well hey, hey Alexa tell me a joke. <laughs> Went to this. What do you call a hen that counts eggs? What do you call a a chicken you see that <laughs> okay. that's a joke so uh text us your best joke at 808-296-1420 we'll give away a prize we'll give away some kind of prize at the end of the day for the best uh, joke dad jokes are the best 808-296-1420 and uh all right where do we begin uh, besides guess... uh, national tell a joke day
1: yeah, I, mean, I I think, well, football is still the hot topic, obviously, with everything that's going on. Even the Little League World Series is very hot here and with nine other teams around the country. Today is the first NFL cut day. So they go from 90 to 85, next Tuesday 85 to 80, and then down to 53 two weeks from today. Not going to see a whole lot of action, but I just saw this a little earlier, Chris, former Hawaii basketball player for about a month or two, Samus Reyes, uh, was put on IR by the Washington Commanders. It's one way of getting rid of people. I don't want to mean it, say it like that, so to speak, but instead of cutting four or five players, they put them on IR as well. So I just saw that a little earlier. I didn't earlier.
0: know that. Why did they do that? Why don't they just cut them?
1: Well, I I guess they still have hope he can play for them, but they don't even disclose the injury, which I thought was interesting. So I'm just wondering if that was a convenient way to stall off cutting another player. That's why I'm reading between the lines.
0: Wow. So Washington Commanders haven't learned their lesson. They're still messing around with the rules, huh?
1: It's just maybe guilty by perception, guilty. I mean, I I just feel that way. I'm not sure if that's totally true, but that's how I feel. But uh, he, he was put on IR officially. Again, usually when somebody's on IR or they're hurt, they actually write, why This was that pro football talk that I read this, and I kept going up and down twice to see if they would, to uh, the article, to see if they would list that, but nothing there. I'm hoping we don't hear any Hawaii names. I am keeping my eyes out on Marcus Kemp, who has, uh, last Friday, at least, was still a member of the New York Giants. I didn't see any numbers for him on, in their game, but I'm hoping he can at least make the team. Remember, he was uh, cut by Kansas City this off season, And there's some other Hawaii names or players with Hawaii ties. I, I don't, I'm hoping that none of them will be waived today because it's only a five-player cut. One player, I'm not sure if everybody is aware, Cortez Davis got signed by Arizona last week. He did have one tackle in their game. Uh, so I'm hoping he can make that squad at least. And, again, you know, everybody played. There's like 25 defensive players listed for stats at least in that game. But he was a late pickup, again, only signing a little over a week ago and getting to play in their first preseason game. So hoping the best for him and any other Hawaii player. Uh, I, I think next week you'll probably hear a few more significant names, and we know it by by habit when they get it down to 53, there's going to be some big-time older veterans that will probably be waived, and we'll see what players move around then. Um, yeah.
0: We've seen a lot of these guys have been guys who are, actually, have left already. You'll see, you know, a couple of weeks in the training camp, and then you'll see some vets hang it up. Yeah, yeah. that's what we've seen a lot of this year, actually.
1: Right, and you know, I think that's just kind of the norm, and they they've switched it, and probably maybe, well, I shouldn't say. Maybe, but probably because of COVID the last few years, the cut dates and the amount of players. I think it was either last year or the year before, there was only one cut before the final cut. This year, there's back to two. I don't remember ever seeing cuts where it's only five a day. It's not really that major of a deal, but I do yeah. like that. Instead of cutting so It's like almost like, guys, guys. why
0: bother? Yeah. But, no. but it's like, why bother? Why don't just, okay, wait till two, two weeks from now and cut 10 guys? Why do you need to cut five guys now and then five guys next week? Doesn't right. make sense to me.
1: Yes, I just, they keep switching it, but they must have their reasons, or at least they'll list their reasons. I don't know. There's uh, <laughs> a joke getting texted in, I guess. But uh, I'm going to be laughing all day when I see these texts. But uh, I, I thought that was just a weird twist to their, uh, their cuts and how they do it. But hopefully no Hawaii guys will be mentioned. No news is good news.
0: Okay, let's go back to Samus Reyes. I don't remember. I remember the name Samus Reyes. I don't remember when he played or what he looks like or anything. Well, he played for University of Hawaii basketball. When did he play for UH basketball?
1: Well, the thing is, he actually never played in a game. He he played the first semester and left. I don't and I don't think he was. Wait, but he even, played the first semester. Well, I don't understand. He was on the team for the first semester. So in in December, at whatever point, he left school.
0: Oh, but, I see. So so he, the, he was he was enrolled in the first semester. So he was on the team for like the first month of the season. Yeah,
1: and, I'm and then almost he left. To, yeah, he didn't play. I don't, I'm pretty sure he didn't play. He might have left a game or two. In I think it was actually during the opening weekend of the Rainbow Classic, which I think it was still what's called. His, then.
0: But what's his story? Where does he, he a football he's from player Chile. that wanted to play basketball? What's no, the deal? He,
1: he never even played uh, football. I don't believe in high school. He transferred to Florida. I'm not, I don't think it was IMG, but he transferred to a prep school in Florida. Got told he had a football body like a lot of basketball Wait players. A
0: He was in college, and then he went to a prep school in Florida? Uh,
1: uh, I should say a J.C., a J.C., I think, in Florida. Excuse me, a J.C. in Florida. And we've said how many players have become tight ends who are basketball players? A Tony Gonzalez, um... Terrell Owens, well, he wasn't a tight end, but there has been so Tony many Gonzalez guys.
0: Was a, Tony Gonzalez was a basketball player? Oh, he was really think thinking good at Cal. I of Antonio Gates. And oh, to- okay. I to- Antonio Gates, I thought, I thought Antonio Gates was the first guy. So it was Tony Gonzalez was the first guy.
1: Tony Gonzalez played a football game at Cal on Saturday, flew to Maui. This was in 97 or 8, and played against UMass in the first round of the Maui Invitational, now the Maui Jim Maui, on Monday morning. And I was at the game. That's why I remember what a story. He played football 36 hours ago, and now he's playing basketball. I don't remember if he started, but he played, and he contributed. Wow. So I remember him doing that. But there's been a few other, I think, tight ends that have done that as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a number
1: of them. LeBron James would be a great tight end. Yes, it? yes, yes, he was.
0: So, but we back. Okay, to the Ra- so so he's, at, he's playing basketball at a JUCO, and someone says, hey, you should try football? I'm not
1: sure if he – before he went to the Juco, they told him, but as he was at the Juco, they told him, yes, he had to play football. He had the body. Uh, he played 11 games last year, mostly on special teams. That's all for I who? S- For the, the Washington Commanders.
0: Oh, wow. He was on the team?
1: Oh, yeah, he was on the team. Yeah, I saw him How play. come
0: we don't claim him as Hawaii's own? I I,
1: I guess because he didn't have any stats might be the reason. I remember (laughs) mentioning him once or twice last year, but he didn't have any stats. I don't think he caught any passes, if I'm not mistaken. I get it was mostly on special teams.
0: Oh, that's an interesting story. Hey, you know what? If you don't take anything away from the show today, there you go. A guy that was on the UH basketball team is with the Washington Commanders, although he might not make the team. Isn't that
1: kind of I, not really? It is ironic, but Keiko Lama Francis was on our basketball team, played frequently, and was a starter for a year or two. He goes to the NFL. I mean, how how many times does that happen? Uh, I think it's pretty rare that you have those kind of circumstances. But uh, and I know Tony Achban played college football after UH basketball, but to go to the NFL after playing basketball, pretty rare. But it has happened mostly for tight ends, it seems, with that body
0: size. Yeah, June Jones was so good at that it, mm. it, it recognizing, you know, that moving guys like Wayne Hunter from defense to offense, you know, and then he yeah. had a long career, and and then uh, it was, you know, Kailala Francis is another one, Tony Akpan, Reagan Maui, yeah, uh, the, uh, the re- he,
1: he played and he played in the NFL. He was a defensive player when he first came here. Yeah. But it happens. Anyway, so the NFL, nothing much more besides the cut date for today. I did get to see Hard Knocks. I really like Dan Campbell, and I said this yesterday. I'm not sure if it was on or off the air. Any team I've watched on Hard Knocks, I've become a fan of them.
0: Yeah, that was on the air a couple times. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I <laughs> it a couple of times though no, it was it, but I do I do <laughs> feel
0: like fan of theirs and I want to take selfies with them okay
1: one thing now I'm not sure yeah. I know um I, and I know this was off the air you said you watched part of it and I only watched part of it on Sunday the closing what? credits uh of that it, part of what of Hard Knocks no I didn't watch it I thought you said you, you were telling me parts of it yesterday oh, Did you watch a trailer
0: no yeah, we were talking about it. And you're, getting old. Oh, you're getting no, you're old. you're getting old this time. <laughs> anyway, I didn't uh, <laughs> Tanner anybody. Did I say on the I don't think I, I, why would I explain the closing credits if no, I never no, saw it? No, no. Not the closing cre- I'm,
1: gonna, I'm not even going to explain. It. I'm just saying you said you watched part of it yesterday.
0: No. I I want I I want to watch it. It's on HBO Max. Okay. The closing anyway.
1: credits. I'm not going to say it's not politically correct. Uh, and it's nothing political at all, but I could not believe the conversation going on during the closing credits. So sometimes they tell you when you go to the movie theater, hey, don't leave before the closing credits. Is in a bonus scene? Yeah, watch the watch the closing credits. And if anybody listening has seen this, uh, without repeating it on our phone or Zephyr Insurance text line, maybe, I'm curious what you thought of that. It was just an interesting
0: conversation. Maybe you well, can call can bathroom tec- humor. They can text it in if they want. That's okay. not. We will we'll decide if it goes on the air or not. Okay. <laughs>
1: But by the way, they they did also announce that, and what they did last year for the first time ever on HBO was have an in-season Hard Knock. This year it's going to be Arizona. And they mentioned that uh, last, uh, well, the episode from a few days ago last week starts November 9th. That I thought was a whole new dimension of Hard Knock because we see it every year. It's been going on since, what, 2001? Again, I I do love the show every year, especially when there's Hawaii ties or maybe the New York Jets ones. But to have it in the middle of the season that's so totally different. And last year they focused, and we talked to them two weeks ago on the show, DeForest Buckner was one of the main players they focused on for last year's hard, uh, hard knocks during the season. With Arizona going through what they're going through with Kyler Murray and maybe DeAndre Hopkins and things like that, I, I am uh, really curious how that will play out. So just wanted to mention yeah. that.
0: I, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen an episode of hard knocks. I know. I thought this year was the first one. I thought you um, mentioned that yesterday. No, that but maybe. but the but the, the way to do it is. And where did I see it before? Was it Prime Prime Video? Uh, Amazon Prime All for Nothing. All or Nothing oh. was a, is a series they had. See, they came out with Hard Knocks, and then Prime Video came out with their own, and it and it and it chronicled the whole season. And those I've seen a couple of them. I've seen the one on the Arizona Cardinals uh when um what's his name the quarterback was still there um carson usc yeah carson palmer and it was a year they went to the they made it almost made it to the super bowl or something and then i saw one with the rams that was very good where their head coach got fired and there was a few of them but that was that's the way to do it you know to watch him in the preseason it's it seems like it's the same store it would be i haven't seen it again That hard knocks would basically be the same story every year, the same storylines, you know, with the different things going on. In other words, player you fall in love with, you get attached to him, he gets cut, it's very sad, people are crying, and he goes on with life. I mean, that's, I mean, how how it's the same thing year after year after year, at least when you're chronicling a season. It's, uh, you know, there's different things that go on. There could be the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows or winning streaks or losing streaks or people dealing with injuries and all of that kind of stuff.
1: Totally true. You're right about that. And they have sub stories, but basically the whole thing is making the team and the coach and his enthusiastic speeches and the rookies singing and all that stuff. And uh, I guess every rookie that comes up has to let everybody know what their signing bonus was in front of the whole team. (laughs) So Aiden Hutchinson did 23 million, and the place went whoa.
0: And I can't. I know what you're talking about. Yesterday there was a video clip of Aiden Hutchinson singing Billy Jean in front of the whole team. He had to go up and sing. So that's what I mentioned. I saw. There's a clip online on I don't know it was ESPN.com or somewhere. So that's that's what that's what I watched yesterday. It was it was quite entertaining though.
1: It was. They had another guy yesterday I don't even remember his name and uh, he did a little dance but when he got up he said my soning my signing bonus hundred thousand <laughs> And when you hear twenty three million and then a hundred thousand, I guess it really puts it in perspective how large twenty three million is and how people almost felt bad for a guy only making a hundred thousand as a signing <laughs> bonus. I felt bad for the guy. He's a good dancer though. Well not a bad dancer.
0: Uh, he's got a future then. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're let's we're gonna we're gonna take a trip to Philadelphia, and talk with our uh, pal John Marks from W ninety uh, four WIP, Whip Radio. Coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, <laughs> John Mark is gonna join us in just a moment on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, it's party time Saturday night. We're gonna be doing the big green pep rally. Yep, it's coming up Saturday, actually 4 p.m. to ten p.m. at the varsity circle building right across from Pucks Alley. Rainbow Warriors and Wahine kicking off their athletic season. So come on down and meet the student athletes, the coaches, the band, the cheerleaders, and the rainbow dancers. They'll have food trucks and food tents, a live DJ, and a full bar. you got, you got a pep rally and a full bar. It's going to be rocking. There is no admission charge. If you want more information, visit BigGreenRally.com. And we invite
1: our next guest, who uh, went to college here, has been a frequent visitor over the years, as we are joined from Philadelphia, 94 WIP, and also on CBS Sports Radio. John Marks is with
2: us. John, you are invited to the party if you ever get a day off. Uh, oh man, I was I was just I was just thinking about it. I, I, so I was in I was in Hawaii in 2002 and 2003. So I had the Timmy Chang, um, Jeremiah Cochran, Wow, teams were very good. Yes, it was fun. Hey,
0: where is Jeremiah Cochran? I haven't heard from him lately. He's on Oahu, I believe. No, I know that. I, I saw him at Walmart one time. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we know he's on Walmart then.
1: Well, <laughs> no, that's one in the we parking
0: know. lot one time. <laughs>
1: John, I let's have talk a lot
0: of Walmart me. stories, don't I? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you do. John, standing by. <laughs>
1: yes. John, let's talk about the Eagles. They played the Jets last week. Uh, meaningless, really, that the Jets won. But the Eagles, in your eyes, how did they look overall?
2: Um, I mean, they looked great. They, the first team offense had one series, and Jalen Hurts was 6-for-6. Six six. Um, they were helped by a late hit out of bounds on Jalen Hurts that extended a drive, but they made the most of it. You know, Gary, I, I, I hate to be like this. Uh, until you see regular season games. They've looked good so far, but until I see NFL def- defenses that are game planning for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense, mm. it's going to kind of be like, all right, I know Jalen Hurts can run around and make plays. I know that he looked good last year. Can he take that next step and develop into a better passer? And that's really my focus. But, I mean, so far so good. The, the, de- the, the defense looked good on, um, on Friday night, so the defense was, I think it's going to be much improved over last year. And you just hope hope Jalen Hurts can take that next step.
1: As far as the next step, a lot of things I read or saw over the summer showed how he bulked up, he got so much stronger. Is that ne- really necessary for him to take that next step to the next level?
2: Yeah, I don't think he's, like, I, I, I think he's stronger maybe in, like, the core. And this dude is, like, you know, he's squatting 600 pounds. So he's, Whoa. like, he's like he, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's really, really like strong, but he didn't look – we interviewed him at training camp a couple weeks ago, and he didn't look any bigger as far as bulking up uh, to where it would affect his throwing motion. In fact, maybe he even looked a little bit leaner, like his body fat was uh, was a little bit lower, I think he told us. But, I mean, by all indications, dude's in great shape. Like mentally, he seems like he's in, he's in a pretty good place. From here, he's just got to go out there and he's just got to be able to do it. You would think he'd have a better year. I mean,
1: obviously he has to, you know, improve on his end, but now that you got A.J. Brown there as well as Devontae Smith, that's a pretty good tandem.
2: Yeah, man, the, um, the, the weapons are much better. Um, when you combine the wide receivers with Dallas Goddard, who we're, we're hoping here in Philly is going to emerge into a top-five tight end, they have a, a, a bunch of different running backs that worked well in a rotation last year. Um, yeah, I mean, things are set up for Jalen Hurts to succeed, and I think the Eagles in particular said, hey, we're going to make sure we give this guy a fair shot if we're really going to truly see what he can be on the football field. I think also similar to Tua, right? Like the Dolphins said, hey, if we're going to if we if we're gonna find out about Tua tonga we're going to make sure we give him weapons that are out there. So they, they improved the weapons for him down there. But the one thing – guys that i worry about is from an eagle standpoint as a fan standpoint is there's always a move from the defensive coordinator right like lamar jackson is still still a good quarterback but defenses started playing him differently and there hasn't been an adjustment made by the ravens or the quarterback right like he's not the same player that he was in his mvp season still a dynamic player they haven't had the same kind of success so jalen hurts how would i play jalen hurts if i was a defensive coordinator and i'm not so I can imagine these guys are going to have a better idea than me. But I, would make him, I wouldn't I would let him roll out to the right. I wouldn't let him scramble to the right. He likes to throw the ball to the right side of the field or the middle of the field towards the right. I would make him go left everywhere. I wouldn't let, just let him run for first downs, right? So there's going to be an adjustment made on what Jalen Hurts did well last year. It's a matter of whether Jalen Hurts and the Eagles coaching staff have a counter to that move. It's going to become chess Um, when it comes to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense, and we'll see what the Eagles are able to do reacting to that.
1: John Marks from 94 WIP in Philadelphia, also CBS Sports Radio, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. I want to talk about a couple of rookies and talking about guys in shape or bulking up. Jordan Davis, when he got drafted, it was a big story, and he's a big man at 6'6", 3'36". I know he's listed as a backup right now. What have you observed early on in camp with Davis?
2: Uh, Just a, a monster that is going to eat up blocks, right? Like, I I feel like that when you're looking at defensive linemen that are drafted, everybody's going to look for the sack totals, which is totally understandable. That's what sells. Pressure on the quarterback means something. But this dude, I don't envision having high sack numbers, but he's so damn big, and he takes up so much real estate. You even saw in the first preseason game, there's two or three guys that are having to try to man him, so he's just not pushing himself up the middle. That's going to free up linebackers. That's going to free up defensive ends. Um, there was a, a viral video out there where Cam Jurgens, the, the Eagles' uh, second-round pick this year, the center, Jordan Davis just took him and, and ran him backwards. It looked like if it was me out there trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to stop him. So it is um, – yeah, I mean, the the, the, one, the one knock that I had on Jordan Davis when they drafted him, Gary, was that he, by all indications, including his own, he wasn't ready to go at the start of last season. He came into camp out of shape. I don't know how you do that when you're going into a season where you're looking to be drafted and you have a national championship-type team. He didn't come into camp out of shape this year, so we'll see what he looks like going forward um, and if he's able to kind of keep that, you know, keep that motor uh, running high and staying in shape and things like that. But so far, so good. He, he has looked like he's going to be a real force for years to come.
1: What about the linebacker out of Georgia who slipped in the draft, N'Kobe Dean?
2: Yeah, he looked great in the in the preseason opener. Now, he is running with the second team a lot, and he saw a lot of playing time, but that was a lot against the twos. But what you see with him, and honestly, Gary, like you bring up Jordan Davis, you need a guy like Jordan Davis if you're going to have the Kobe Dean be what he needs to be because he's not a very big guy. I mean, damn, like I'm 5'8", 5'9". He's not that much taller than me. Obviously, he's built and he's chiseled, and he's a great football player. But he needs to be free to go in because he wants to play downhill. So if you, if, you, if you eat up a couple blockers as Jordan Davis, Kobe Dean can, can just get in the backfield and make plays, sideline to sideline and everything else. So, I mean, I don't think he starts right off the bat. I think he's a part of the rotation, and they're going to play a lot of 3-4 this year in Philly. But for a third-round draft pick, he seems like a real steal.
1: You can follow John Marks on Twitter at John Marks Media, J O N, as he joins us here on the Bobby Current Show with the Sports Animal ESPN Honolulu. Hey, John, I, we don't have a lot of time, but I want to get this in. I know you tweeted something recently in Philadelphia. I think it was about two weeks ago or so. They had a tribute to the 1980 World Series team, and Pete Rose was allowed back on the field. Can you talk about your thoughts on Pete Rose being back in Philadelphia?
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm conflicted because I know Pete Rose is a crumb and I know that he was a great baseball player, but he also, in 2017, he was supposed to come back to Philly to be a part of, uh, they, they were going to like put him on the Wall of Fame, which is kind of like the Hall of Fame, but it's a loser thing, the Wall of Fame, and in the week or so leading up to him supposed to be coming back, it came out that in court documents that Pete had admitted to having, uh, to having a relationship with a 16-year-old who was really younger, but Pete, by his own admission, said, no, she was 16. This was in the mid-70s. And uh, it's a really bad look, obviously. And on top of everything else with Pete, um, so they didn't invite him back. They brought him <laughs> back past weekend, and, or I guess it's two weekends ago now, and he was asked a question about it, and he said that was 55 years ago, babe, or something yeah. like that, to a female reporter. Jeez. And then he got in the booth, and he dropped some profanity. So... Like I, the, the Phillies deferred to the team, the 1980 team was being honored, um, so they said, "Hey, we want Pete there because Pete was a big part, and we wouldn't have won without him." But sometimes, as an organization, you need to you need to say, "Okay, what happens if Pete shows up?" And they should have never allowed Pete to come back based on based on the the statutory rape claim that he admitted to. So and and and, it, and you know they got egg on their face for it. So Pete was a great baseball player. Pete was. You know, certainly one of the first Phillies that I remember and remember being a big fan of. Um, but it's he coming back for celebrations and things like that should be over, at least in Philadelphia.
1: Interesting to hear. John, we know how busy you are. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we'll talk again during the football season. All right, guys. Aloha. All right, thank All you right. so much, John Mark from W ninety four WIP in Philadelphia. You'll also hear him some Sunday mornings on CBS fifteen hundred. There's a lot of football talk before NFL games, as well as he joins us on ESPN
0: Honolulu. Man, I wanted to I I I wanted to find out about what he thought about Ben Simmons reaching that settlement. The um, we can talk about that coming up. But also, um, uh, I I did not know I was looking up the roster of the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, Isaac Seal see omalu is uh the uh, starting left or right guard i forget right right i believe but he's been hurt the last couple of years he had a liz frank injury last year before that a, a pec muscle injury but uh he's listed as the starter and he didn't go to, he didn't play high school football in hawaii but his dad is joe say omalu who's a you know football coach he's now at san diego state the defensive line uh san jose state i think he's the defensive line coach at san jose state but um isaac say was born in hawaii So we can kind of root for him. Nate Herbig, I did not realize, is not on the Philadelphia Eagles anymore. He's on the New York Jets. Yeah,
1: we talked about that a few months ago, and uh, I know you said you felt sorry for him for some reason.
0: (laughs) Nah. You know what? You're playing on an NFL team. Way to go. Yes. Barely an NFL team, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hey, it's time for our Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union uh, Bulletin Board. A reminder that hurricane season runs through November, so – Be prepared. Keep your home safe. You can get tips on building an emergency preparedness kit. In fact, go to uh, ZephyrInsurance.com. There's a website that has all the info you'll need. Uh, This message is brought to you as a public service by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu. The AP College Football Top 25 came out yesterday, and uh, no surprise: Alabama number one, Ohio State number two, and Georgia number three. But I'm looking here, and my math is a little bit off because I just did a little, little uh, certain little, uh, little math here during the break. I have six SEC teams, four Big Ten and ACC teams in the top 25. Three Big 12, three Pac-12 teams, two independents, and two from the AAC in this uh, top 25 poll. However, my math only adds up to 24, so I'm missing somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Who are the independents? The independents would be BYU and Notre Dame.
1: Okay, okay. Notre Dame, I understand. Well, BYU, I guess they will be in the big 12 but well yeah Houston
0: Houston and Cincinnati aren't going to be in the AAC either they're going to be in the big what I'm talking about is this year yeah so this year uh you so it's it's the interesting not the interesting thing I guess the predictable thing is you've got Alabama and Georgia of course in the top three Texas A&M is number six and then at the towards the bottom of the poll, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Ole Miss are 19 through 21. I don't know and those, and that makes you kind of question: Are they there because they're really Ole Miss is really a top 25 team, or are they there because you got to just add more guys from the SEC?
1: Probably a little of both, in my opinion. I mean, I'd be a little bit—I'm a little surprised that you would have like. Maybe Ole Miss, even though Lane Kiffin has a great offense there. But where's Florida? Florida is usually a team that you'll see up there. And I know uh-huh. they've got a new coach with Billy Napier came over from Louisiana. Uh, but, again, I just took a screenshot of the top 25 earlier. And on October 1st, let's look at it and see how different it is. And on November 1st, it'll be totally different than what we see yeah. today. It is fun to look at and to see what, what is perceived out there. And I was you know, saying earlier, USC, I mean, they were pretty bad last year. And they're ranked 14th. Okay, I know you got Lincoln Riley. I know you got Caleb Williams. I don't know about them being that good. This—I mean, they could be. I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody knows really how good they'll be with a new coach, new staff, new everything, and a new conference to beat. So I'm—I'm curious to see how that part will play out.
0: Yeah, they're they pretty bad. That's an understatement. They had four wins last year, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you're vote you're not voting on last year's team. You're voting on what you think they're going to do this year. That's why it's a preseason poll. Sure. And with the influx of talent and the new, you know, the uh, new coach, I could see how you, people might think they're a top 25 team. They
1: could, but, and I can make, again, we, right now, there's a lot of unknowns, but I think we, we, we talked about this every single year. When we talk about it in August and what it looks like a month and a half later is just kind of funny at times. And a lot oh. of it, I think, is just based on recruiting and who's back from last year's team.
0: Okay, there's a typo. That's why my math is off, because it goes number 21 Ole Miss on my list, and then number 23 is Cincinnati. Um, there is a, there are actually five ACC teams somebody's at number 22 but it's not on this ESPN article Wake Forest ah thank you okay so there are five te- you know SEC has six ACC has five the difference is the SEC has three in the top 10 the ACC has one in the top 10 yeah you know who's not on this list LSU well I mean you get Brian
1: Kelly there and they were really bad last year as well so, well they lost maybe their better than you right they well he lost. didn't one play of their, last one year. of that
0: one of their quarterbacks yeah. well
1: he hasn't played in two years but my uh brendan yeah the quarterback there yeah. uh football that, that's i mean when you're coming off a bad year i guess it's going to take time to reload they got Jaden daniels i believe from arizona state transfer who mm-hmm. started three years they were thrown for six thousand yards he's going to be their starting quarterback at lsu but again to see that the acc is that close to the sec is interesting, and I guess if you ask Vanderbilt's head coach, he's surprised that they're not in there because he said they're going to be the best team in the country pretty soon. <laughs> Clark Lay, I believe, is his name. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope uh, that doesn't happen, at least not early on. Maybe after they lose to Hawaii, that would be okay if they went out.
0: You know, in today's uh, college football scene, in, today's college, in, in the landscape of college football where the transfer portal is so important and NILs are so important now, for example, Miami is ranked 16th in the country. They were 7-5 and five last year. They were like, you know, meh at best. Yet they're ranked now 16th in the country. Is that because everyone there gets a million dollars, so they're probably going to be good? <laughs> I, I bet that could be
1: part of it where they may have attracted a few more recruits than they might have gotten otherwise, which elevates them. In the poll, I mean, getting all those votes, but that's a good point. Yeah, seven and five, they couldn't have had a top five recruiting class, but they sure moved up. I'm sure they got no votes at the end of last year.
0: Right. I'm trying. I, I um, North Carolina, and Mac Brown, nowhere on this list as well. They've been, they've, they've had a tough couple of years, right? They lose their court Well, they
1: had Sam Howell last year, with a pretty that's good quarterback, right. but they were right, a little disappointing. Did they, they, they didn't have a winning season, did they? Uh, I thought they went to a bowl game, but they were, like, a top-20 team, I bet, last August. They had to be there. Sam Howell was a Heisman favorite to some. And at the end, they were really almost – I don't want to say nowhere to be seen, but I remember watching them in their – I think it was a bowl game, actually, where they they won, in like, an overtime or something like that, uh, or lost an overtime. But, yeah, they didn't live up to the hype. Another team that fits that description totally.
0: All right. And uh, Kentucky is making its first preseason poll appearance – since 1978 which begs the question is kentucky a football school or a basketball school we'll address that coming up next year on espn honolulu speaking of college football it's call the coach with timmy chang coming up tomorrow at 6 p.m at ruby tuesday in the moanalua shopping center you can call or text with questions and comments to john Veneri and coach chang It's brought to you by Ruby Tuesday Hawaii, IBEW Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, Hawaii Pacific Health, and Paxa.
3: This
0: this came out actually on Saturday. But it was a perfect time talking about, uh, <laughs> I mentioned Kentucky football a few minutes ago. Mark Stoops is the coach of the Kentucky football team, and he's done a great job. He's done a great job. You know, you'll see, it seems like you've got a high draft choice almost every year the past few years that come out of Kentucky football. Marcus, du- well, not Marcus Dupree, what was the guy's name? Bud. Linebacker, Bud. Bud Dupree. Uh, Got out of challenge. kentucky and yeah there's a lot of guys they, so they always have some pretty good individual players but recently the last couple of years they've been a they've been a good football team they used to be they used to be um you know they used to be umass that you know they used to be remember when wake forest was usually bad i mean used they to be vanderbilt <laughs> yeah yeah they used to be vanderbilt but they've been pretty good lately and now, John Calipari, what what kind of event was he at? They were they were they're playing in the Bahamas
1: this last weekend on like those summer tours, like Auburn and Israel and things like that. Somehow, the facility upgrade came up, and he was All talking right. about said, new basketball okay.
0: facility. Right. So he was in the Bahamas, and he uh, at a press conference. <laughs> he compared. He compa- he said that um, he said that well, Kentucky's a basketball school. And Kentucky is known for their basketball program. Well, Mark Stoops got a little offended. And um, and uh, he, he got a little offended, and he said, hey, this is the SEC last time I checked. I'm paraphrasing her, you know. But it was, um, and then John Calipari comes back, and he says, I was told, he tweeted, I was told about comments Mark Stoops made in his press conference. I reached out to Mark Thursday and will try again. Comparing our athletic department to others was my bad. I have supported Mark and the football team through good and bad. I will continue to support them and cheer them on. So Kalapari reached out to him and the football coach wouldn't even call him back. Do you realize who really runs Kentucky Athletics? That's one way of
1: looking at it. I thought Calipari handled it well. I don't think he meant yeah. it as a slight at all. He's trying no. to get funding for a new practice facility. And they are a basketball school. It's not even close. So for Mark Stoops, for that comment, yeah, we know you're in the SEC. What does that mean? You, you've been about a 500 team or a little better. You're not competing for any SEC championships. And some people are, you know, watching so, or reading social media over the last few days saying, you know, Calipari hasn't won an NCAA tournament game in two years. They were like six and twenty-one two years ago. Lost Doesn't to Saint matter. Peter's last year. It's still, still.
0: <laughs> it's still a basketball school, and and he's right. Alabama is a football school, USC is a football school. These are these are Notre Dame, is a football school. University of Hawaii, what are they, a football, football. school?
1: Now, Kansas you is know, a basketball school. There's not many of them, but Calipari was right.
0: right. I thought. Duke is a basketball school yeah when do you have a, a school that's a it's a it's a football school and a basketball school I don't think that exists
1: That's a really good one it's probably really rare because I can't re- I can't remember two schools being really good at the same era let alone the same year in right. both sport I mean what I mean good is meaning where you're competing for a conference championship at least
0: yeah. I mean you have Michigan State which is a pretty good football team. And Michigan State, pretty good basketball as well. What would you call Michigan State? A basketball school or a football school? That's basketball,
1: they've been in national championships and Final Fours numerous times, winning one. I even say Ohio State is one of the ones where they're close because basketball's been pretty good at times. But it's a football school, clearly.
0: Yeah, that's clearly a football school and it's a football state. But the, uh, yeah, so Stoops was, Stoops comes out and he's like, basketball school? I thought we competed in the SEC. And then he goes, I don't know why he took it so personal. He goes, when you start talking about my program and others that we compete against, me, I don't do that, Stoop said. I stay in my lane. So that's in defense of my players, in defense of the work that we've done. And believe me, we want to continue to push. But don't demean or distract from the hard work and dedication and the commitment that people have done to get to this point. I don't need to apologize for that, and I won't. Uh, he didn't need I don't, to say anything. Yeah, it's and and you know what the reason why and you're doing good with the players you have, but the reason why you're about ba- the reason why you're perceived as a uh, you know you haven't been great is, a lot of great football players don't want to go to a basketball school. Basketball schools. Duke, North Carolina. Uh, Duke, North Carolina. UCLA, Kentucky. U- UCLA UCLA is a basketball school? Oh, I would say so. Okay UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas the, the reason those aren't great football schools is because great football players want to go to football schools. They want to go to football powerhouses, right? They want to go yeah. to Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia. It's just you, you can't you, like we the little exercise we just did you can't have both. But I don't I don't know why you got so offended though. It's like, hey, we're a basketball school. I'm trying to get this, you know, we need this facility built, and uh, I'm pushing for it. We should have a great facility because, hey, we're a basketball school.
1: He made a story out of nothing. And, again, if it was one thing if Kalapari mentioned football, it wasn't a knock on football. It was just something hopefully trying to get support for his basketball program in that facility. Again, I thought Cal handled it well, and I know the athletic director, Mitch Barnhart, uh, put him in timeout, according to one article, to make sure. That's what the article exactly said, that he put them both in timeout. Uh, And – I guess he didn't want to have any more neg- – any negativity if there was any. But, I mean, he didn't want – I mean, it's bad enough when you have Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher arguing, that's one thing. But the coaches at the same school, you know, they probably – offices are pretty close. They're going to run into each other. Get rid of that problem now and just, you know, make sure these guys are okay. And at least Kalapari publicly has handled it fine.
0: Well, the 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 lacrosse coach, he's he's upset too right yeah, well the they, they, they had their own problems years ago the gymnastics coach is very upset Kalapari can't show his face on campus
1: women's basketball is pretty good there too actually well it's a it, that's is it is it really yeah they have been okay they have, not, not one of the top team but near the top they've been an ncaa team definitely all right
0: uh coming up our top stories on this national tell a joke day with the sports animals on the bobby curran show on espn honolulu yourself coming up in a moment it's national tell a joke day text in your best joke 808-296-1420 and uh we got a a couple but uh give us a joke and like like for example tyler texted in. he says "The joke of the day why did the monkey fall out of the tree because he was dead wow wow (laughs) and he writes, tyler you don't have to write lol after the it was a joke anyway (laughs) never heard that Uh, one before all right, top stories today, and I don't know why this is a top story, but I guess it is one of them. Uh, the the NBA has come out with their Christmas Day schedule. Why do we care? Well, that's always a lot of people call
1: the unofficial start. Marquee games, marquee matchups. It was leaked over the weekend. Uh, Interestingly that the Brooklyn Nets aren't on there, and I know the NBA schedule is coming out tomorrow, a week later than ever, I believe, except maybe for COVID. But uh, they weren't sure about Brooklyn, so they're leaving Brooklyn off. Maybe they're thinking no Durant, but it is a big deal to some. That's a lot of games that people
0: look up and look forward to. It looks like the PGA Tour is getting a little nervous they're calling in the Godfather, Tiger Woods, to uh, meet with the top 20 players to rally support for the PGA Tour. I would
1: love to hear that speech or the talk or the back and forth. I don't think we ever will. I'm sure we'll hear some of the comments afterwards, but that's really interesting development.
0: You never go against the family. <laughs> that was better. <laughs> you never go. You never go against the tour. Never go against Augusta. Um. <laughs> Also, the Manti Teo documentary begins on Netflix today. It's that whole situation he had with the um, fake girlfriend in his his eyes.
1: Yeah, untold the girlfriend that didn't exist, and it's already available, and I can't wait to see it. I'm sure a lot of people are going to have some interesting comments afterwards. And it's done from what I saw with the trailer and read from Manti Teo's perspective. It's not where they talk about him as much
0: as they talk with him. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers have reached a settlement with Ben Simmons uh, over his withheld pay. I guess, so this is a story. So he doesn't want to play because he's pouting because, because they threw him under the bus somehow because he wouldn't take a shot and he lost the playoffs for him because he was afraid to shoot. And he still can't shoot the basketball. So he got his feelings hurt and wanted to be traded and didn't show up for practice. Even though they paid him like uh, forty million dollars in advance or something like that, and that's so, basically true. So, right, right. okay. Right. So, so he was pouting, and then later somebody said, "Tell him you have mental illness." <laughs> you no, know, I, I don't know. That's what it seems like. It seems like to a lot of people. That's the perception. Now, with mental illness, it's something that you don't want to that you don't want to you know throw around lightly. Nowadays, right? Because it's been yes. ignored for so many years. But um, then he gets traded to the. Okay, so he wants his money back because he didn't want to play. He said and he wasn't s- able to
1: play, and he still had a guaranteed contract that year. So why not pay him what he was entitled to?
0: They already paid him in advance, and so you know this is a guy that makes three hundred sixty thousand dollars per game. Oh. So then they so then they started fining him for not showing up, and that's when at, oh no no no, it, it's a mental illness. Anyway, then he gets traded to the Brooklyn Nets and he's he's injured. He has something an injured back. So he doesn't want to he doesn't want to play. He didn't play for the Nets either. My gosh. What a great world you can live in by n- not showing up for work and breaking the rules of your contract, yet you file a grievance and make probably 10 million dollars from it.
1: Even more than that, there's a lot of people that believe that both of those situations with Philly and Brooklyn, not that they could have been avoided, but that he actually could have played. He actually chose not to. And I know you were saying it kind of almost half kiddingly in a way, but a lot of people believe that's what happened. I mean, he was warming, he was playing with the Nets, warming up, practicing, and all of a sudden he was ready to play in April. Oh, my back still hurts. And he did have surgery, though.
0: People are going to boo me, so I've got, uh, yeah. (laughs) Now, he did
1: have surgery, so I, I mean, not that you have to give him credit for that. You have to realize something is wrong there. But the way that whole story played out, a lot of people think he's a weak. Link. Even though he's a great basketball player, great on defense, great no, passer. No, he's a great defender. Well, I just say he's a great defensive player. He's a great passer, great facilitator,
0: just not a good uh, shooter, which is kind of important. Yeah, it's kind of the point of the game, isn't it? All right, let's get into it, Tanner. The Bobby Curran Show presents Buy or Sell
3: good morning guys let's go ahead and jump straight into buy or sell today of course some more reactions from this weekend of preseason football as the new york giants even though they've made it clear that daniel jones is their starting quarterback tuesday it was announced that tarod taylor will get some opportunity to play with the first team offense in this preseason asking the question hey is there a short leash on daniel jones Brian Dable said, we'll talk about whatever we think is best, but I have full confidence in Daniel and full confidence in Tyrod and what his role is. Uh-huh. Buy or sell, the Giants should start Tyrod Taylor this year and look for the future franchise quarterback of the Giants in next year's draft.
1: I'm going to buy that. I like that. I, I, I think, I mean, Daniel Jones had all that hype drafted too high. It was a turnover machine a few years ago. Got a little better. Still not good. It's not all his fault. But Taylor, I think, has proven himself. So I think the Giants would be wise to move on from Daniel Jones, start Taylor this year, and to get the new franchise quarterback in the draft next year. I'm buying.
0: I'm selling that. Tyrod Taylor's Tyrod Taylor's a okay backup quarterback. He's never going to be a guy to lead you down the field in a two-minute drill to win a football game because he's tried many times and failed. I think, um, you know, are you really going to give up on Daniel Jones? You might as well play him to see if he's gotten any better. And you know more because, they, you know, they see him in practice. Maybe he hasn't gotten any better. But I, I, I give it one last-ditch effort, at least in the beginning of the first five or six games of the season. To see if that guy's the um if, if that guy is going to be the uh, the quarterback of the future, or maybe you keep him in there just to get a higher draft pick because <laughs> they're not you know where's Saquon Barkley been the last couple of years? You know, Hurt. We're, we're, they've just been such a bad football team. See if you can k- trade. I'd, I'd keep him in there if he does well or well enough. See if you can get a sixth round pick for him or something. So I'm selling. Bye. Bye, bye, Or sell. Sell sell
3: sell. It was announced yesterday that the next home of the College Football National Championships in 2026 has been announced for Hard Rock Stadium in Florida. So that marks all the way up to 2026. Another new home for the College Football Championship is as this year it'll be played in SoFi Stadium, Energy Stadium in 2024, and Allegiant Stadium in 2025. This is another year where another NFL stadium is set to host the college football national championship. Buy or sell, the Rose Bowl should be the permanent home of the college football national championship.
0: Selling, I don't know that a West Coast place like Los Angeles should be the home of the national championship. Now, granted, It's a 100,000-seat stadium, um, but no one from the West Coast is ever going to play in it. (laughs) I think it should be somewhere. If you're going to have one place to play, it should be in the middle of the United States at least. Or somewhere in the South.
1: I'm selling as well. I don't think it should have a permanent home. Uh, I like the fact that it rotates in different cities, Mm. and you can enjoy whatever the city has to offer, uh, like the Super Bowl does. SoFi Stadium is smaller, but newer. The Rose Bowl, besides being bigger, is also probably not as modernized as some of the other stadiums. So I can it's understand not. it not being there. But I like the fact that it moves to different cities and states every year. So I'm selling.
0: Buy, 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 buy. or sell. Sell,
3: sell, sell. And finally, a fun way to end buy or sell today. New wide receiver for Nebraska, DeColdis Crawford, probably got one of the better NIL deal stories of the year as he's taken a nil deal with a local air conditioning company touting his name you know the coldest at the end of the ad saying hey take it from the coldest we'll keep you cool this summer by yourself this is what nil was made for for nice puns of college athletes I'm going to sell that that as well. Is that
0: really a buy or sell question? (laughs) That's a fun way to end it. You said.
1: (laughs) I'm going to sell that. I don't think that's why NIL was created. I think it was created just so players could get what they deserve or entitled to and really cash in. And we have seen an abundance of that in the first year and a couple of months.
0: I'm just going to say. I'm going to say. I'm going to buy it just so we can end the segment. (laughs) Buy. That's a fun fun way to end it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's buy or sell on ESPN Honolulu. Thank you, Tanner Hayworth.
0: Yes. All right. Um, coming up this hour, Jordan Helle is going to be joining us to talk some Rainbow Warrior football. I want to bring up a couple of
1: things about uh, what we talked with John Marks last hour. Now, we talked about the Ben Simmons thing just a little bit. Well, we did talk about it with him. We ran out of time. And, again, I think it's it's good that that is put to bed as far as the settlement and forget about him right now as far as Philadelphia is concerned.
0: But for folks who don't know what we're talking about, John Marks is a radio station host in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, and we were talking about mostly the Eagles and the Pete Rose uh, situation when he returned to Philly a few weeks ago. Uh, But the Ben Simmons thing is one thing. I I was going to ask him a little bit about the the Eagles' upcoming game on Sunday. They play the Cleveland Browns. Now, it's in Cleveland. I, I wanted to ask John, what would the reaction have been if, the Sean Watson had to go to Philadelphia and face those fans. I think it'll be interesting, and we talked about this yesterday, Chris. What the Cleveland fans will do, because we talked about what Jacksonville did. They had a, a vulgar chant, and they weren't—they uh, didn't have a lot of fans there, which Jacksonville never does. And still, it was a pretty vivid video with the audio and the visual of Deshaun Watson on about the 10-yard line, hearing it from the Jacksonville fans. What will Cleveland fans do? Because we know every road team or road team's fans are probably going to greet him with similar chants for the time being. But what if Cleveland does? And you mentioned yesterday, and I was thinking about this after the show, does it get in his head at all? And we, we don't know yet, but imagine if the home fans are even booing him. Usually any player that's booed, you're cheered at home for the most part. I think even A. Rod was cheered by Yankee fans when he was going through all the ugliness of PEDs there. Even though fans on the road hate them. Same with Barry Bonds in baseball. Michael Vick. I don't remember what it was like after he came back, and he made some pretty good amends with everybody about the dog fighting. So there were one... still
0: people. There were still people who were uh, protesting. And yes, small yes. groups. Small groups of people protested for a few weeks, and it kind of went away. Would, if would, the if the crowd at training camp is any indication it'll be a mixture of both there'll be a few polite claps for him but when he ran on the field for training camp there were a few boos and otherwise people were just kind of silent so when miles garrett it, it runs out on the field everyone's cheering wildly very popular player uh, a couple of other players run out on the field they're you know they're cheering for him. and then all of a sudden deshaun watson comes out and was You heard a couple of people boo him, and the rest was just crickets. So I imagine it might be something like that. I, th- I
1: think it could, and I just wonder if that affects him at all in a regular season game. Because training camp, you're having maybe 1,000 or a couple thousand people there. For home games, you're going to have the 65, 70,000, whatever they fit in that stadium there. And I don't think it would be 90% of the fans booing him. But if it's, if it's even the majority or just half and half, I, I wonder if that affects him. Now, we still haven't heard the final decision on the appeal. We know it's six games minimum. We just will find out soon if it'll be more than six, meaning 12 or indefinite or a year, whatever it is. But we know he's missing those six. There has been more talk, and not maybe gaining steam, but it did after the NFL appealed, that if he does miss the whole year, even though they're not saying it publicly, that Cleveland will explore going after Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I think that would be a smart move on their part. He's got one year left in his contract. You know the Niners, are, if they do a trade, the Niners are going to pay a good portion of that salary just to get rid of him, you would think, whether it's half or more, I don't know. But you got a team that's pretty talented with or without Deshaun Watson. With Watson, they're a better team if he's as good as he was. I don't know if they want to give up all of that and put it all on Jacoby Brissett's hand. So, to me, I mean, if you have a chance of getting Garoppolo, maybe see who the better quarterback is. You don't have to pay him as much. And I also think that his stock is going down in this aspect. The longer San Francisco holds on to Garoppolo, the less they're going to get in return. Because come September 3rd for the final cut, if they right. keep him on the roster of like a week later, his salary is guaranteed. They have to waive him at some point if they can't trade him. So, they're going to probably trade him, but instead of ad- asking for a second rounder, as an example, they'll settle for a fourth or fifth rounder. So you can get them cheaper the longer you wait. And I I wouldn't blame Cleveland if they do go that route. And, again, it's been mentioned that they're at least exploring that if Watson is suspended longer uh, than they thought it was
0: six games. John, thank you for calling in. Go ahead.
2: Hey, I'm calling about whether or not uh, the Cleveland fans are going to be booing their uh, quarterback when he comes back. But, uh, you know, I got a story as a Cubs fan. There was a guy named Addison Russell who hit a grand slam in Game Six of the World Series, when the Cubs won, he got suspended for about six months the next year for domestic violence. Uh, the next, the, when he first came up to bat at Wrigley Field, he got booed for about two minutes by the uh, Cubs fans, and I was actually proud of them because uh, I, it, you should—it shouldn't be. Well, if you're good enough, they're like that ain't—that's not okay. No matter how good of a player you are. And it, they, they actually, they boot him for about two weeks, and then they stop. But uh, I think that should be the response to one of your guys when they come back. Because uh, just because you're a good player, that kind of stuff is not okay. Good All right. Point.
0: Thank you for calling in. 808-296-1420, our phone number. And it's also the number for the Zephyr Insurance text line.
1: I'm waiting for your jokes. We'll get to more of them in a few minutes.
0: <laughs> with, with
1: Watson, I mean, again, he's so talented. And, and you almost forget that he threw for five thousand yards a few years ago, and that's why Cleveland paid him so much and gave up a lot for him. Even with all the baggage, we don't know about his mental state. I mean, it'd be hard not to be affected at all by that. I mean, he, I think it's to be, I think
0: it's I think it's hard for like I said yesterday. I mean, that's what I was talking about yesterday. Is 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 does that affect you on the field? But does it affect the rest of his team if you if you're also being booed or they're just constantly hearing booing? even at home I mean you can take a it's us against the world mentality but after a while with nothing but negative feedback I would think that would that might be a little tough on you I
1: I would think so too and maybe I would think also more for Watson than the team if they are but to me it's also one thing to get booed and actually hear the word boo and maybe you stink but when you hear the word boo well, that's what a lot of fans will just go, boo, and that's it. You'll hear that in right. games, yes. That's one thing. But if you're hearing what the Jacksonville fans said, that's a little different. I mean, it's hard. And maybe you don't get affected. But if you hear it every single week, then I, I really do wonder if that's going to affect him. And, again, it it's, comes with the territory with what he was involved with. Um, it was interesting. I think it was last week they had – you wouldn't even, couldn't even write the story up. They had a national massage convention five blocks from where the Cleveland Browns fa- uh, practice. Wow. And that was go- as like a convention going on in town. That was just kind of a weird story going on around them. But anything that he does is going to be mentioned. Again, he issued a statement last week maybe to try to slow it down with the negativity and everything. But it's not going to slow down. It's not going to happen. He's
0: fanning the fire. That only makes in, it worse. Don't talk. Here, here's something, Deshaun. Stop talking. Well, I think if he does talk and really issues a sincere apology, one he's thing not Michael... going to. Well, he should. He's That's not he going to, but he can't. And it's you'll it, find him guilty. But if say the whole time, if you apologize for doing what you did, then you've been lying this whole time. That's he can't do that. He can't apologize for it. If he settle, he only has
1: one case, I believe, still open. Correct. Everything has been. Uh, uh,
0: That's not the point. The point is. The point is, oh, by the way, American public, (laughs) I've been lying to you for the past two years. Everything I said was a lie.
1: Michael Vick, when he he got out of prison, had a really sincere speech. And I remember other people commenting that it wasn't anything written. He spoke from the heart, and he really expressed remorse. And I think that got a lot of people kind of back on his side. I know it's different, but it also had ugly aspects to his case.
0: Because he went to prison. He went to he went to prison and served his time and he came out and said you know what i'm rehabilitated i realized that i did stuff wrong that was cruel to animals that's a big difference from a guy that got off like oj a guy that got off and said well i'm really sorry for the people who've been impacted by my decisions what does that mean nothing there's a big difference between 26 people. And, and uh, because you're a sexual predator, is what you are, is what Roger Goodell ex- um, explained him as, described him as. And a guy that did that with dogs and went to prison. Mike Tyson went to prison and served his time. Now, there are still people that protest Mike Tyson for what, um, you know, the uh, rape. But he did his time. It's, it's why he can go and make all this money in Las Vegas nowadays, and it's not as much of a freak show as you think. You know what I mean? It's people find Mike Tyson very interesting, and so that's why he has this touring one-man show or whatever. Mm, yeah. If he was a sexual predator that got off because there was no evidence, then I don't know that people would be paying to see Mike Tyson.
1: Good point. I think to me it's not so much that – tyson and Vic went to prison it's that when they came out of prison maybe they were on their better best behavior well and Mike again,
0: tyson wasn't
1: well when he came out of prison i don't think yeah. he had any problem did he after well,
0: that? He, well he just got beat up all the time in the ring well i mean but he
1: wasn't he wasn't getting arrested he wasn't beating up robin Givens where he got right, you know, some problems and, there.
0: He, right and he was much old he was he was he was an older guy too right
1: true But he was still in the middle of his boxing career or close to it, but I understand your point to me again, the prison part doesn't matter. I think they kind of made amends for their public persona or perception more so than just because they paid their dues and you know did their time i I think with the Watson, even if he doesn't go to prison, which it doesn't look like he's he, you say you say he doesn't shouldn't say anything, and that's fine. I think he should say something or it's it's not going to go away at all or it'll go away quicker if you at least say something in a better way than last Friday.
0: And I'm not sure it goes away. This one I don't know if this one goes away. Especially in today's society. Mm. Right? Yeah. I mean when yeah. OJ Simpson got off there there wasn't we as a the community as a community we didn't th- we thought a certain way. Right? In today's woke world or politically correct world or all of this. And it's it's you know what? People think differently especially about women and, uh, you know, and how women are treated or not treated, right? I mean, women still don't make, you know, in in comparable jobs, women still make less than men do, right? You had the whole thing with the women's the U.S. women's soccer team, right? That's the way people think nowadays. So if you're a sexual predator harming women, you're not going to get forgiven,
1: yeah, good point. What about Kobe? Kobe Bryant? I mean, he, he lost all of it. Lot time. of sponsors. Different, different times, times, I guess. But he was kind of I don't know, forgiven as much as maybe in time it was forgotten
0: about. Yeah, I think for I think it's more forgotten about because you know sometimes you can play back and you see him with his daughters and you see him with all of that. But you know what? That was that was debatable whether that was, you know, it wasn't for sure, that Kobe did anything, right? Well, he acknowledged he did. He just but said it was he, consensual. He cheated on his wife is what he did. yeah. And that's it. I think in all probability with information that came out later is that that's what it was. He was cheating on his wife. Uh, we're way behind. Got to get a traffic update. We'll be back on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, but first, want to remind you that we are bringing you a big party Saturday from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Varsity Circle building right across from Pucks Alley, right by UH. It's the uh, Big Green Pep Rally. The Rainbow Warrior football team is going to be there and all all the sports and coaches and the student athletes are going to be there. The UH band and cheerleaders and rainbow dancers and the mayor and the lieutenant governor and food trucks, (laughs) food trucks and vendors. They'll have a live DJ, a full bar. It's just going to be a big party uh, celebrating UH sports this Saturday, 4 to 10, Right there across from Pucks Alley. Admission is free. There's no charge. If you want more information, visit BigGreenRally.com.
3: We're going
0: to talk Rainbow Warrior football with Jordan Helle. Of course, uh, you've seen him on uh, uh, Spectrum Sports. He's he's, uh, on with uh, Kanoa Leahy sometimes, also a co-host of our podcast, Hawaii football now with Hunter Hughes. He's coming up. I'll take your texts at 808-296-1420. Zephyr Insurance text line is open. And uh, we did tell folks that it's National Tell a Joke Day. And so we're inviting you to send in your jokes. And we told you about the monkey one. That was kind of <laughs> that was dumb. Uh, let's see. Okay, here's one. Uh, when does a joke turn into a dad joke? When it becomes apparent. Ah! (laughs) Okay, he says one more. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about um, football schools and basketball schools. Like you can't have a football school and a basketball school at the same college. You're either or. Duke is a basketball school. Alabama is a football school, right? Yeah. Uh, somebody had a good point, though, here. Thank you for texting in. Baylor might be considered both. That's a good one. Is Baylor a basketball school or a football school?
1: You know what? I, basketball. They won a championship two years ago. To me, that clearly makes them a basketball but school. But they're in Texas, and that's a football state. It is a football state, but what my point is the, re- the reason I'm saying it's a basketball school today, football had their best year since RG3 this past year. They won the Sugar Bowl with Dave Aranda. But they're not. it's not like they've had a stretch where for three or four years they've been competing for Big 12 championships and going to major bowl games as much as basketball winning a national championship just a couple of years ago. Oh, hold, on, hold on. The phone's ringing.
0: Tell Dave Aranda we'll call him back. UCLA. Is that a football school and a volleyball school? I'm volleyball. Well, maybe it's a volleyball school. Is it a football school or a basketball school? To me, it's basketball. Thank you, Brian.
1: To me, it's basketball for one main reason how many championships have they won? And I know that was mostly in the 60s and 70s. They won a couple in the early 2000s, uh, went to a Final Fours at least in the 2000s. They didn't win. But I still think it's a basketball school because when's the last time their football school was in a Rose Bowl? And I'm sure it's been once or twice this decade, but not a lot.
0: Okay, here we go. Another joke on National Telejoke Day. Thank you. Why do gorillas have large fingers? Because they have large nostrils. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, now I get it. It took a while right. for that one.
0: Well, uh, a footnote. We were talking about Michael Vick, and uh, this texter says that uh, Michael Vick made that uh, famous speech before prison, not after. I thought he did it after too. I thought so as well. Could be right talking about booing people who are in trouble nobody booed ben roethlisberger
1: well he served the suspension he got to cut down i think from six to four games i don't remember if they booed him or not but i'm sure there had to be people i just remember reading a lot of enough that people were upset with him but he was never found guilty in a court of law still kind of like deshaun watson
0: you still think he's guilty Mm -hmm. okay here's one we've got a couple texts so we'll just read one of them but is michigan and this has come up Michigan and Michigan State. Football or basketball school? See, to me it's basketball because I'll look over
1: the last 30 years, I guess, that they've been in final fours, they've had more success. Football's never been able to beat Ohio State until this past year. How many Big 10 championships have Michigan they won? Michigan
0: State's never beaten Ohio talk, State.
1: What about Michigan?
0: Oh, Michigan's beaten Ohio State in the
1: past. Before last year, I don't I, how many years in a row did Ohio State win that game? I think it's been a a ton of there's there's so many reports how they always would lose like one game a year,
0: but because it was to Ohio State, they were considered a failure. They right, positive. but Michigan is one. The, the reason it's a rivalry isn't because Ohio State has won every year. This is an old, old, old rivalry that goes way back. Yeah, as I said, I said, I said, I'm talking about the last
1: thirty years with how basketball is done and how football is done. Football has been good, but not nearly as
0: good as basketball over that stretch. Mm, okay, uh, fourteen years. Thank you. Somebody just texted in. Uh, very knowledgeable that was a great text 14 years now that ohio state has beaten michigan well they lost last year except last year i guess yeah, the yeah. streak ended but uh, yeah good point hey thanks guys for texting in to the zephyr insurance text line we'll go for some uh, uh football with jordan helle that's coming up next and speaking of uh football won't you join us tomorrow at ruby tuesday in moanalua shopping center it's call the coach with timmy chang 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. come on down have some dinner and uh enjoy uh some prize giveaways and coach Chang is going to be there our host is John Veneri and it's brought to you by Ruby Tuesday Hawaii, Paxa, Hawaii Pacific Health, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union and IBEW Local 1186 and of course your pals here at ESPN Honolulu.
1: Gary and Chris here on the Bobby Curran Show. We're going to talk some more UH football right now as we welcome in our next guest. He is with Spectrum Sports. You'll also hear him with Hunter Hughes for the Hawaii Football Now podcast available at ESPNHonolulu.com. Jordan Helle joined the show. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. I mentioned your podcast. I know you recently, I guess for your 50th podcast, had Timmy Chang on. Can you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about some of the things you heard from Timmy on your podcast?
4: Yeah, no problem. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the pleasure for us to get uh, Coach Chang on as our fiftieth uh, episode guest. You know, it's kind of flown by, and he was kind enough to uh, to uh, spend a little time. We we knew it was kind of a hectic time to get him on because he was coming fresh off of Mountain West Media Days. He was gearing up for camp at the time uh, when we recorded the episode, which is about a little under two weeks before we actually released it. Um, but just just knowing some of the time constraints and. And, you know, it's quite amazing because, uh, you know, I I know obviously we we had a lot of coverage with him up at, uh, you know, up at Mount West Media Days for for ESPN Honolulu. And, I mean, he was fresh back from that. And and so I wasn't quite sure, you know, uh, how much he was going to want to kind of talk and and get into it after spending, you know, 72 hours or whatever it was up in Vegas, like talking nonstop, right? I mean, the demands are all about it. But he was incredibly, incredibly excited (laughs) at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, after after spending all that time talking about it, and, and I think you know the the big takeaway um, that that we got from it is just how how um, I think he ex- he is excited about things. I think as excited as the folks, you know, the fans and whatnot are about the program. Uh, my guy is uh, is as excited as anybody, and and with that excitement, I think the, our, our big takeaway. And, and he was you know so giving with his time and his answers, and, and really kind of elaborated on a lot of things that we. We didn't necessarily expect, which was, which was awesome from our standpoint. We kind of just sat back and let him go. But, you know, how intentional he has been in, in kind of everything that has led up to this point since getting the job, uh, since really applying for the job, I think. And that it goes with everything from, from what they've done in terms of community outreach, what they've done in terms of kind of reinvigorating a little energy around the program. Uh, but also to to roster building and how they've approached kind of replenishing the roster after losing all of the the um, the talent to the transfer portal, but also working you know the transfer portal the other way, and then how intentional he was in terms of building his staff. You know, I mean, he got the job late in in sort of the cycle, right? On uh, and, and so that kind of limits your hand a little bit in terms of who you bring in, who's available to bring in, and whatnot. But but he was. He was the, the way that he described it to us. We asked him about the coaching staff in particular, and and he was um, very uh, forthcoming in, in how how intentional he was in, in formulating this coaching staff that that obviously reflects uh, a lot of sort of institutional knowledge with the University of Hawaii guys that played there, guys that played with him, or guys that you know were sort of one degree um, separated, right? Whether it was josh brown who had worked with coach yoro or or some other guys you know uh coach um coach shoemaker who, who's got obviously family ties to hawaii who had worked with other guys from hawaii and so you know i think the intentionality and in how he put together this staff and and he was as excited about that as anything about the guys that he had put together that, that he's trusting to kind of build this thing up under him uh and, and that was one of my big takeaways after our conversation with that that uh, you can catch on uh, on the podcast
1: we know that he has kind of won the offseason, at least with the fans, the community, the alumni, and play, people like that. Do you get the sense that high school players – you kind of alluded to it, but do you think, get the sense that high school players are maybe more apt to sign with Hawaii after Timmy Chang is there as opposed to what was there previously?
4: I think so. I think so. I think we've seen a little bit of that, right? We, we, we've got a couple of commits um, from class of 2023 guys, you know, here locally. I think that that is the big – telltale sign i think you know and and to a point every coach that we've talked to on the podcast you know they're, they're all very um realistic in the fact that hey the offseason is going great but none of that matters right unless you win games on the field in the fall but i think with some of that momentum right some of that positive um relationships being built they i think have created um interest once again amongst local kids right hey when when the head coach of the program is a guy who was in those shoes, right? A guy who came out of a local program, a guy that maybe turned down opportunities at, at bigger programs on the mainland to stay home. Um, you know, I think that carries a lot of weight. And I, and I think the fact that the, the coaching staff obviously reflects that guys like Chris Brown, right. Who, who, who came from here, who maybe didn't play at the biggest of the high school programs, went on that one heck of a career um, and, and guys that, 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 you know i think these kids can relate to and i think the buzz and so that'll be that'll be the real i think barometer as to the local support obviously with you know fan interest ticket sales all those kinds of things but but if they can if they can make inroads in terms of recruiting and and keeping some of these kids home and and it doesn't necessarily obviously have to be the the four or five star guys that we see kind of routinely now come out of Hawaii high school football but but some of these other guys right um uh the quarterback out of Punahou or, or just right. Matteo the tackle from why and I, you know, may, maybe those guys don't have a four or five star next to their name, but they, they're exciting prospects. And if you can keep those kids homes, the kids that, you know, in the past that we've lost to maybe fellow Mountain West programs or something like that, uh, I think the University of Hawaii will have have made significant strides.
1: We're talking University of Hawaii football with Jordan Helle. You can catch him on the Hawaii Now podcast with Hunter Hughes. Also, from time to time with Kanoa Leahy, Let's Talk Sports, and, of course, with Spectrum Sports as he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. Have you gotten any thoughts on camp with what you've seen or heard uh, so far in the two or three weeks they've been practicing?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think there there is a there is a buzz. Obviously, the, the there is a tempo to practice, I think is the best way to put it. Um, and obviously, you know, from my standpoint, it, it, the, the, thing that, that I think myself and a lot of people are, are keeping their eye on is obviously the quarterback competition and, and seeing how that plays out, um, you know, at the, at the university of Hawaii, no matter who the coaching staff has been, that it, it hasn't always necessarily had to be one guy at QB and, and, and we'll see, um, you know, what that looks like. Um, I think. The other exciting thing is exactly how that offensive brain trust is looking to attack, right? And and what Coach Shoemaker's background is, and and at all of his stops, the the production that he has been able to display in terms of pure yardage and point totals um, is kind of eye opening. And, and albeit it's it's been at lower levels, you know, and the the, the guys coached at everything from high school to NAIA, all the way up D three, D two, one AA, FCS, and and. And now, obviously, getting his chance, uh, maybe his most high-profile opportunity. So, I think that that's what's been interesting to see how they plan to attack, because I think they've got a lot of depth and a lot of quality on that offensive line with the returnees up front. You know, with, with guys like like Vipulu and Vanterpool and Manning and and Tanuvasa. And so, I think with that and, and with Deidre Parson, you know, th- this team that had a lot of success running the football last season, I think that can be. Um, something that they rely on, but how do they how do they expand the offense out of that? How do they go tempo? Um, that's been kind of interesting to see develop and how they kind of mesh those things and, and who the right guy is to pull the trigger um, and who the right guy is to, to kind of operate and pull the strings as the quarterback.
1: What do you think about the defense? I mean, they lost so many players from last year, only two mm-hmm. returning starters mm-hmm. right now to Allah and panay Pavehi. What are the concerns there?
4: Yeah, you know, that's that's um, I think the big question mark, right? They've gotten some guys up front I think in the in the in the portal in Matthi Soli and company some some guys that, that, that you feel like they can they can get after the quarterback. I think that that, that will that will make a difference, you would think that, that that will come out and disrupt things right especially in the secondary, they're depleted. Uh, But they brought in a lot of guys. They brought in a lot of transfers and getting those guys up to speed will obviously, you know, in large part, be the, be the purview of of guys like Abe Elamian and Josh Brown in the secondary and coaching those guys up. Uh, But I think for this defense under Coach Yoro, you know, we'll we'll see some of the the multiple looks. He's described that, right, as as being a necessity in this day and age. But I, I do think, what they've been able to do is is shore up the, the the front of that offensive line, whether it's bringing in guys like Transfer, like I mentioned, like Soli or a guy like Anthony Sagolotelli inside, um, that that gives them a little more depth up front than maybe we have seen in years past that have been a little bit of the detriment. But if they can get a consistent pass rush, I like what they have at linebacker. You know, I I think they've got some quality there. And so I think for this defense, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay, how fast can they kind of play fast if you know what i mean if they if they can get after the quarterback if they can kind of get that working you know and we'll see it kind of early on against some teams that, that have some bulk and some some quality up front whether it's vanderbilt you know who's sec at the end of the day and then uh, a western kentucky team that loves to play tempo um that'll be tested early on and, and i think we'll find out a lot in the first couple of weeks
1: Yeah, I was impressed with Soldi watching him on Saturday at their scrimmage. He was the only player who got into the backfield more than once, and he definitely had that speed and the quickness getting around, so I was impressed with him as well. You can follow Jordan Helle on Twitter, at Jordan Helle, as he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. Last question for you. When you look at the season, I know it's hard to really predict. We've asked a number of people. What do you think of the realistic expectations as far as where they'll finish, how many wins,
4: bowl game or not? Yeah, you know, it's (sighs) – I think it's a great question, Gary. and I think you know it's it's the question that I'm sure you get right around town. Um, yes. Everybody everybody wants to know, right? Because there's so much excitement, there's so much buzz here, but there is so much unknown because of all of the new faces. Like you're you're, you're looking at um, replacing basically half of your roster, and and a significant number of those it's it's starting positions or. Um, you know, big time role player positions, and so it is really difficult to kind of partner. And I think that's why that was reflected in the preseason poll. That was reflected in the preseason all conference rankings. It's just there's so much unknown, uh, and I think that's in part. And so I think for a Hawaii team that you know is going to be going to be up against it. I think the non conference schedule is quality. Again, a West, good Western Kentucky team. A trip to Michigan. You, you got an SEC opponent coming in as a uh, you know a quality week zero opponent, and, and you're a home dog there. You know, I think based on the roster turnover and everything going there, man. If they if they get five, six wins or something like that, I, I think that is a success in year one. You want to see identity. You want to see the foot, the fingerprints of what Coach Chang and what this coaching staff um, have in mind for this program. And I and I think if they can get to somewhere there, some positivity, some wins. Obviously, bowl eligibility would be terrific. Would be a huge step in the right direction. But I think. You know, with the way the schedule sets up, 5-6 wins, some positive momentum going into 2023 and getting some of these recruits in, I I, I honestly think that'd be a, a big step in the right direction.
1: Definitely so. Positivity in the right direction. We can see it headed that way. Jordan, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We'll check you and Hunter Hughes out on the Hawaii Football Now podcast. We'll listen to you with Kanoa Lakey on Let's Talk Sports. Thanks again.
4: Hey, no problem, guys. Take care. All
1: right, Jordan cool. Helley joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, the excitement builds for University of Hawaii
0: football. All right, so what are we 12 days away? That 12 days away, 11 days away. 11. 11 days, yeah, 12 was yesterday, I thought. Yes. The uh, I, I, I have right here in front of me the Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union countdown to kick off 11 days away right around the corner because it's got some exciting football. And uh, we got a big pep rally happening Saturday Yep, it's the Big Green Pep Rally, Saturday, 4 to 10, at the Varsity, you know, that round Varsity building, in the parking lot there, right across from Pucks Alley, next to UH, and uh, the Rainbow Warriors and Wahine are going to be there, Uh, food trucks and um, live DJ, a full bar, (laughs) it's going to be good fun, join us, won't you, ESPN Honolulu. National Tell-A-Joke Day. Text us your joke at 808-296-1420. Uh, here's one for National Joke Day. Thank you very much. Is that for insurance text line? Uh, can the joke is, can the state build Aloha Stadium by the end of a decade? Build a new stadium, Tesla, Amazon Stadium at old Honolulu homeless stadium site. Anyway, so he's going on and on about that. Okay. <laughs> so Negative. Yeah, I saw something on while you were talking to uh, Jordan Helley a minute ago, and I saw something, and I don't really understand it, on the Twitter, but somebody posted the agenda. Are you allowed to do this? Somebody posted the agenda for the next Board of um, board of Regents meeting. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but
1: I've seen it before where they'll post it in the paper maybe or online oh, as far okay. as what's going to so it be discussed, brought it's
0: up. Public Public info. One of the things they're going to discuss, according to this, uh, Reese Nagaoka uh, tweeted that um, one of the things is approval of construction projects to expand the Clarence T. C. Ching Athletics Complex and relocate the track on the University of Hawaii Manoa campus. I never heard about that. You know, in the expansion, they would they're talking. They're at least going to discuss. Moving the track. Oh, the, the re- thank you, Tanner. That's uh, he's the Kaleo Sports editor, right? Did I get that right? Yes, I thought Tanner okay. was. I thought, what's what's your job, Tanner, at the newspaper?
3: Senior writer. Senior writer. But you're always
0: telling us that you do all the work and that you should be the editor.
1: Yeah, I do not want to like, be the editor. Actually.
3: You're like, <laughs> I, there's actually I a lot of evidence that I should not be the editor from. <laughs> From a couple of years ago, but we'll uh, not talk about it. You tell us you outright
0: everybody. (laughs) We've been doing this show for about six weeks. I can attest to that. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Anyway, so where would you put a track on University of Hawaii campus? Well, the other question is why do you need to relocate it? It's not,
1: I mean, there's no football going on. I mean, I don't understand why Mm -hmm. you would have
0: to. Well, if you're exp- expanding the seats maybe you have more seats down there or something I don't know that'd be a reason I mean I don't know I don't I'm, I, I'm, you know I, it, I, I have to stay in my lane on this John Calafari I have to stay in my lane because I don't understand you know the construction world but
3: if, if there's anything on the track because we did have a couple of people talk about it from the track team I believe the track got a little bit bus up from the construction of the expansion. Of T.C. Cheng and it caused a lot of issues with the track team and Hawaii athletics. I do know a couple people did quit because of that. Wow! Because they, they wouldn't, quit. Yeah, because the track is was somewhat affected by all of the construction going on.
0: So, so quit where were the they? It. Team? So they quit the track team. They, they built construction. It made the track. Is mean, it was a safety issue? Is it that bad? Is it Soldier Field we're talking about? <laughs> Come on. Really? You quit? You gave up your scholarship? If they were a scholarship, you gave up your scholarship? Do you know where they would move
1: it then if they're talking about that, Tanner?
3: I can't think of a place, but, you know, I don't get paid uh, the big bucks for those kind of decisions. Well, if you were a sports editor, you would know. Yeah, Yeah, I am only the senior sports writer, so, you know, it's above my pay grade.
0: Is it bad to say that you just go to Kaiser? Or or go to Punahou or somewhere and because I run do track believe that there. all of their
3: track meets are done on other. I'm, I'm asking
0: the question, uh, right? But I'm asking the question: How bad is it if you just go to a high school to do your track meet? Is that a bad thing? I don't is know. that unheard of?
1: Soccer plays off campus. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's see. We got our top stories coming up here. ESPN Honolulu. Top stories we were uh, going over today on ESPN Honolulu. Alabama tops the preseason AP college football poll, followed by Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and then Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think this is the first time in a while they've been uh, in the top five in a preseason poll.
1: They finished really good last year, just missed out on the playoffs, but Brian Kelly is gone. I wonder about that. I wonder if it makes more on last year's finish and maybe the new recruiting class, but a little surprising, I guess. It, it, Alabama, it seemed like every year they're supposed to be better than the year before. Isn't that true?
0: Well, they've got the best offensive player, the best defensive player <laughs> in the country. You know, that's just for starters. Yeah. And they're going to be even better next year. Look at all the commits that they're getting. They're getting – it's like everybody's – you know, recommitting to Alabama. And I don't think it's for NIL money. Although, maybe it, it's Alabama, because they're so good, it'll tr- attract more NIL money. Who right. knows? Tiger Woods is going to meet with the top 20 players in the PGA Tour to uh, kind of rally them against the Live Series. I wish that was broadcast
1: on the Golf Channel, ESPN, or at least we get some excerpts from what is actually said. That'd be pretty interesting. And it really shows a lot about the PGA viewing the Live Tour nowadays.
0: All right. Let's see. Speaking of golf, Cam Smith, Cameron Smith, Open champion, has pulled out of the BMW Championship with a hip injury.
1: The rumors continue about him maybe going to the Live Tour. And sometimes, no news is not good news for the PGA, because we've heard that several times where players either say nothing or decline that they're or de- deny that they're going, and then the week after, they're gone.
0: There's a fake Twitter account that says he left because he doesn't like BMWs. <laughs> Because with his live tour money, he has three Bugattis, and uh, he feels like a peasant if he's associated with the BMW. That's what he said. It was a fake account. Anyway, I think he's gone, by the way. What else is going on here? Uh, let's see. The um, These Philadelphia 76ers have uh, come up with a settlement to pay, to pay Ben Simmons. <laughs> See? in my mind i threw it away and in my mind i was going to say richard simmons i'm all no he doesn't play basketball <laughs> ben simmons anyway the, the sixers gave him a bunch of money even though he didn't show up at practice uh for games last year richard
1: simmons by the way is a better outside shooter than ben simmons
0: i've heard <laughs> and more enthusiastic <laughs>
1: yeah definitely so not missing games as much you know i want to bring up baseball for a little bit we're going to have by the way honolulu little league world series coach gerald oda joining us in about 16 minutes
0: can we bring hold on for a second? Because we had a, a good conversation off the air uh, with Tanner, who's a, a student at the University of Hawaii, and the, the the agenda item for the Board of Regents meeting about moving the track. Somebody texted in and said, "We'll move the track to uh, you know the grassy practice fields." I guess you could, right? But I don't know. It's is that a is that a good place to? I, I don't know. But thank you for the text. But tanner was mentioning that uh earlier if you're just joining us that there were even some members of the track team recently who have quit the team because of the damage done by construction to the track so the construction of the tc chin complex and i guess it was um not even it was kind of uneven um not level so i can see how you go oh that's that's a safety issue but if you quit the track team and if it wasn't for safety issues if somebody feels and I don't know this for a fact but if somebody feels unequal because the football team got preference over the track team it, it that's kind of how it is you wouldn't have a track team if it wasn't for the University of Hawaii football team you are not a track school no but Stephen Sai has a great column today and he's talking about fairness in sports, and that addresses it right there. The uh, you know he says it's not fair. You know we hear Gary say that a lot.
1: <laughs> it's off the air sometimes, but it's yes. not.
0: It's not fair. It's not fair that this happens in sports. It's not fair. We did away with fair a long time ago when college sports became a professional deal, right? Exactly. So it's not fair that the college football power schools hog all the money. I'm paraphrasing what he wrote. You have to read the column yourself. It's very good. It's not fair. University of Hawaii football team has to play its home games in a 9,000-seat stadium because there's not enough money to expand. And um, this past legislative session, lawmakers, I'm reading Stevens' article, this column now, generously granted millions for capital improvement projects at UH, But zero, Zippo, was earmarked to expand T.C. Ching. Where's the fairness? And this is the best part of his article. I'm going to ruin it for you, but there's a lot in there. They say, um, (laughs) there is shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr.'s 80-game suspension for using a banned performance-enhancing substance. I'm I'm conflicted because I'm not sure how PEDs help a batter hit a curveball or a 95-mile-per-hour slider. And aren't batting gloves, rosin, glasses, and ice packs performance-enhancing material? <laughs> I think Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are deserving of Hall of Fame membership. The case against Bonds is an enlarged head. Should that have excluded Peyton Manning from consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh, no, you didn't, Stephen. Oh, no, you did Anyway. Uh, it, it just got me to thinking about fairness, and if you want a good read, check out Stevens' column today in the Star Advertising.
1: A lot of things aren't fair. We do know that, and I've said that numerous times, but that's an interesting article there. One what, what of the things he suggested about the It's sh- a column. It's a column.
0: Gerald Oda, so you say Gerald Oda yeah. is coming up. He's the coach of the Honolulu uh, All-Star Little League team that's playing starting tomorrow. You can hear the game, your exclusive home here in our family of radio stations CBS 1500 is going to have the Little League World Series game tomorrow at 1 o'clock.
1: And I know the team got to meet Mariano Rivera yesterday. I have a feeling he was meeting all the teams. I know the New York team got to meet him as well, but he was in Pennsylvania. That's got to have been probably quite a thrill for these Little League players. And for Gerald Oda, I mean, we'll ask him more about it, that they, you know, that he's been there before, so we can let people, the players on his team know about the atmosphere and what to expect. We had a, a question earlier from, remember Mike Cherry from Hawaii News Now? Oh, sure. Good friend, okay. uh, Maui Boy. Yes. Well, he is uh, in Sacramento now, but he tweeted to us early. He wants to know if we can ask Gerald Oda, and we will, about if there's a place where you can get the uh, World Series hats that they have. And uh, I haven't seen them yet, but we will ask him about that and see if they are available. He said they were pretty cool, so we'll pass that along. But uh, if they win, and one thing I don't like about the Little League World Series, they have 10 teams. Not that I don't like that, but you get buys in there. I don't know how they determine who would get a bye on that level, but if when Honolulu wins tomorrow, they would then play a team from Long Island named Massapequa in the second round. So I'm hoping they get to do that, but uh, I don't know why we would get team buys. I don't know if that's been the norm all these years, and I don't know how you would determine that. But, again, fantastic that they are back, and we'll have him on a few minutes from now. I also wanted to bring up Major League Baseball. We haven't talked MLB in a while, and now things are getting a lot more heated up. Uh, A lot more games being that much more important, and the playoffs are kind of sorting themselves out as far as who might qualify. But I want to bring this up. I I saw this last week, and I think Rob DiMello posted it on his Instagram page. With all the Hawaii players (coughs) in the major leagues, Kirby Yates is back. Remember Kirby Yates? He was at one point an all-star closer with the Padres, had I think Tommy John surgery, and missed almost two years, I believe. He is with the Atlanta Braves. And when you look at the numbers in the Sunday's advertiser, his ERA is 13.5. He's only pitched, I believe, two-thirds of an inning. So you can't really pin that on him yet. But the fact that he's back, I'm actually happy for him. But the timing isn't good because they're going up against the Mets for another three games, and I know how good of a pitcher he is. But he is back, and I think that is significant that he's getting back because, again, he gets traded to Toronto or is to a free agent for Toronto and never got to play for them. And back with Atlanta, where he once was, and playing in the major leagues, I'm just happy for him that he is back. But there's a lot of important series going on, and I'll bring up one. I very rarely talk about my team, but the Mets and the Braves. Uh, they are both playing in a four-game series. The Braves won last night 13-1. to The Mets still have that game, that a uh, four-and-a-half-game lead. One thing to remember about this year's format, when now there's six teams in each league making it, the top two teams in the AL and the NL both get buys. So, I mean, the Dodgers have pretty much clinched that in the NL. I mean, they've got a 17-game lead over the Padres, only about a six-game lead over the Mets, uh, six, five-and-a-half, I believe, something there. But they'll get that buy. But the Mets are fighting for that second buy. In the AL, you got the Yankees and the Astros with clearly the two best records, and I believe they'll get the buys. But that's something we haven't seen as far as the buys with two teams, and then the first round is going to be a best out of three. Remember the wild card the way we used to have it was a one-game series, and I was always against that in that you play 162 games, you added that wild card round with two wild card teams eventually, and they would play each other. But one game, I know it's for timing mainly. You don't want to have the World Series end like it might this year. If there's a game seven, it'll be November 5th. Uh, it's also, I believe, the largest, the, the latest starting date for the World Series, October 28th. But I'm glad that first round with those wild card teams, three versus six, four versus five, as the seeding will be a best of three. Uh, One game is just not enough to determine that. Because of the baseball season starting late with the lockout and the World Series starting late, as I mentioned, with many of these playoff rounds, they're going to condense them with very few days off. That, I wonder if it'll affect bullpens as as well as starting pitching. But it's going to be a little bit different. Look, I'm glad you got six teams. I don't think it's too much. The buys, I don't like in any pro sport. I don't think it's fair to have that kind of an advantage. But with the odd number of teams, meaning six, uh, if you don't have four or eight, you're going to have to have somebody with a buy. But it's really getting exciting now. And like every single year, as baseball gets exciting, it kind of takes a back seat to football. Because football, we're a football country. We definitely are. We're a football state, but baseball is really heating up. And, again, going back to the Mets and Braves, a really exciting series going on. You also Mm -hmm. look at Colton Wong and the Milwaukee Brewers. They're in in second place right now. They have struggled of late. Colton, by the way, last night was 0-2, came in the game as a pinch hitter and stayed in the game. He's batting about two fifty five now. He's actually getting his batting average higher. It was in the two hundred thirty range for most of July. But they are now behind St. Louis. They're, those two teams have been going back and forth. Both teams will make the playoffs, but it would be a lot different being a wild card team than maybe being a division champion. And St. Louis and Milwaukee are battling it out. But really keeping our eyes on Colton Wong. And uh, he and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa are probably the only two players besides Kirby Yates now advancing to the playoffs this
0: year. Man, watching uh, um, uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you know, they've had a lot of, you know, this Yankees, Red Sox, and it's a lot of, you know, television coverage. Boy, he's a really good defensive player. Really good. He, I think he won a gold glove with he won a gold glove with Texas, I
1: believe last year if I'm not mistaken.
4: Yeah.
0: But, but he Look is at that. Good. What a what a great, you know, I think that I read an article where he's always been a Yankees fan. Something like that, right? growing yep. up. And it's like not only do you get to play for the Yankees, but you get to get out of being a Texas Ranger. <laughs> they just fired their man. I mean, that's a bad baseball team. And now it's like finally and it's like what what good is it if you're a great star player but you're stuck on a team like the Texas Rangers right And now I mean, you go to the ultimate yank and I oh, wait how have the Yankees done I haven't really been paying attention to have been, get back to winning again no No
1: they they won two of their last 10 so they've lost 8 out of 10 but they still got a 10 oh game gosh. lead over Tampa and Toronto but they got shut out for the second day in a row Tampa wow. uh, yesterday and over the weekend, they got shut out by Boston. So they've been struggling. They have been struggling. One thing I really noticed and I think is really cool with Isaiah, the New York media loves him. I, I mean, he's had oh, a yeah? number. He's, they, they write positive thing after positive thing. He won the game himself on Saturday. First home run as a Yankee, two-run homer in a squeeze bunt in the ninth inning. He, run, he drove in all three runs for the Yankees. He's had a couple of games where he's had a miscue or two, and they still write positive things, even though they mention that. They write, again, it's everything I've read about him pretty much is extremely positive. Fans love him, and uh, he's doing a good job. Hitting two seventy after going one for two last night. Remember when, he started,
0: remember when he started? He was started off really slow, and you're like, oh, man. But that it's always tough to be the guy that comes after a legend as well. Remember, he's playing Derek Jeter's position. But he didn't follow Jeter. I guess. Maybe who followed Jeter then? Oh boy. Was it anybody of note? No, there was like two of them that, that played short. Oh, Kyle okay. Kyle. So that's good. See, because you always want to, you don't want to be the guy that follows the legend, you want to be right. the guy that follows the guy that followed the legend. Right? It was yes. tough on Coach Mack. He had to follow June Jones. Not tough on Nick Rolovich, who had to follow Norm Chow, right? Exactly. And wait, who came after uh, Coach Mack? Norm Chow?
1: Norm Chow came after Coach Mack, then Rolo, then Todd Graham.
0: That's why it was so. It was. It should have been uh, easier for Norm Chow, but it. You know, remember we celebrated Norm Chow, man. Norm Chow, we can't believe it. Norm Chow's here, you know that Greg McMacken, We were only six and seven under McMacken. Norm Chow's here, and then uh, that didn't work out. You were going, whoa, I missed Greg McMackin. After a couple of years. Bring back Mac. All right, we're going to talk Little League Baseball with the Honolulu All Stars coach Gerald Oda. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. One more reminder for today. We got the big green pep rally coming up. It's Saturday. It starts at four o'clock and goes to ten o'clock. And uh, you know, base all of the athletic uh all of the athletes are gonna be there from UH, from football to volleyball to tennis all everyone's gonna be down there all the coaches will be there the uh band rainbow dancers the cheerleaders got a live dj they got food vendors and food tents and food trucks and admission absolutely free all the details at biggreenrally.com but we'll see you if you're a uh fan you need to be at the big green pep rally saturday from espn honolulu We are the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu filling in on the Bobby Curran Show and a very special guest coming up next.
1: Another exciting time with the Honolulu Little League team playing in Williamsport for the Little League World Series. Our coverage starting at 1 p.m. tomorrow on CBS 1500. And we are joined right now by the head coach, Gerald Oda. Gerald, thank you so much for joining us. How do you manage to go to the World Series twice in a four-year span? This is just an incredible story by your team. (laughs)
5: <laughs> a lot of praying ah. <laughs> you know we're just very fortunate yeah i mean for us i was talking like, well, amongst my my brother keith and um, coach willis about it after we won the west regional tournament that you know we, we was thinking back on how fortunate and blessed we are to be going back to the world series you know in such a short amount of time so definitely it's a special thing um uh, not only for the kids but for the coaches also
0: you know we were talking yesterday about financially how tough it is you find out at the last minute you're going to go to the mainland and all of a sudden it, do you just go into total you know a fundraising mode yeah you know
5: it's you have to plan ahead um thinking that we with the possibility that you know if you can get there so and it definitely kicks in high gear once we want you know everyone's on the phone trying to you know, book flights, and um, obviously it's not. You know, we all hear the stories about how expensive airline tickets are and traveling, and um, but you know it's a once in a lifetime thing. So you know, parents make it work, whether it's credit cards, you know, uh, you know kind of That's thing. Right. And uh, but yeah, it's a very it, it, you know, traveling isn't cheap, but um, you know it's one of those things that we all signed up for. You know, we're given the chance that if we ever had this opportunity to travel to the World Series,
0: a couple of people have reached out and they've asked, like, how can we help? Uh, where can we send money to, or is there a way that folks can still help out?
5: You know, first of all, yeah, I really appreciate, you know, the entire state of Hawaii for getting behind us and supporting us. We do have a GoFundMe page. Um, I think you have to search Honolulu Little League, and that page should show a picture of the team um, on GoFundMe, and deeply appreciate, you know, the kindness okay. and the generosity of all the people of Hawaii again.
1: You know, Coach, I mentioned how your team went there in 2018, of course, won it all, how do you explain how Hawaii in general, this is the seventh trip to the World Series since 2005. I don't know how many states can say that. What do you attribute that to?
5: You know, I, I, you know, it's, a lot of it is just, you know, we've been very fortunate that we, you know, we, because we live in such a great state that we play baseball year-round, and it's evident by how many, you know, baseball players, MLB players we have. You know, you're looking all the way back, and I mentioned it before, you're looking all the way back from Wale, Yonemine, you know, Lenny Sakata, uh, you know, going Benny Anbayani, Shane Victorino. Of course, we got Isaiah for the starting shortstop at the Yankees. Who would, and I mentioned it, who would have thought about that, you know, 20 years ago, that a local boy would be the starting shortstop. And we got, you know, Colton Wong, of course, Kurt Suzuki still in it. And I, I, I guess you could attribute it to all, as they would say, what attributed them to getting to the MLBs is so they all had somebody coaching baseball, obviously, for them that was a great coach. And, you know, whether you live on Kauai, the big island of you know, Maui, Wanawahu, there is a ton of great coaching, um, you know, and I'm not just talking high school level. Of course, you know, the high school levels, we got coach on, um, you know, Yakin and you know, Punoho, and my, 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 my uh, personal, I always look up to his coach, uh, George Gussman at St. Louis. And um, I mean, Kory Shigo, Kailoa, Mark Kuryama, the list goes on and on. And that's not even including, um, you know, Kahawang, you know, on the big island. I know he sends a lot of kids, you know, to colleges, you know, through his program and so forth. So, definitely, you know, there's a lot of great coaches, and we're very fortunate in the state of Hawaii. And it really did make a difference back when Leighton Ali Abado, his 2005 team, when they were the first team in Hawaii to win the World Series. You know, like anything, you need something um, proof, you know, to show that, hey, you know, we can do this. And, you know, that, of course, you know, broke that ceiling, I guess, you know, so saying that, hey, we can play good baseball. And, of course, in 2008, when Team O'Donoghue had that YPO team and they did it and they won it again. And then you had 2010 and um, uh, Brian Yoshi with the YPO team, you know, winning the US championship. And, you know, so very, very fortunate that there's been so much great teams uh, um, um, lately that, you know, and it's it just shows that these kids, you know, they're, uh, the teams that come before obviously are good examples and kids start believing that hey, we can do this, you know. and Sorry to be so long-winded, but i I know when I first started my coaching career, the goal was just win the, just go to Western Regional. That was the goal, you know. Now it's not. No longer just go to Western Region. It's it's, it's go win the World Series. So, definitely our expectations have changed.
1: A little more pressure, Mamie. We're talking with Honolulu Little League World Series coach Gerald Oda with the Animal on the Bobby Current Show, ESPN, Honolulu. Where are your players primarily from?
5: You know, they're all from, they either live in the Honolulu School District or go to school in the Honolulu School District. But majority of them all either live from, I guess, in the, the Manoa up to Hawaii Kai side. Majority of them.
3: And then, oh,
0: okay. <laughs> hey, coach, I'm looking at the GoFundMe page, and there's two different um, Honolulu Little League um, fundraisers there.
4: You it's know confusing what? Only to be one. Yeah,
5: there's only one. And there's one that I'm a, One is it, it should be run by Melanie Avaro and
0: Ah, okay. Uh, Kyle okay Angel. So yeah. I
5: don't know who's got the second. The second one is. I'm glad you told me this because the second one is <laughs> not us. Yeah. Okay. And the uh, so it might, and it says it.
0: Little League. I thought it was a Cal Ripken thing or something, but it has the Little League logo. It it's the Region Junior Champions. So that's a different age oh, group. You know it
5: looks like. Yep. Yeah. That's the yeah exactly. That's a totally different age group, which we totally support. Cause that's our league also. That's the Honolulu mm-hmm. little league juniors. Um, they're a fourteen u team. They're in the world series playing in uh, I think it's Taylor Michigan, uh, mm-hmm. which is the first yes. time you know for us to have you know fourteen an under team also. So no, I'm not, so, so sorry. Yeah, that's that's their um, team, and then we have our team, which is a twelve u side.
0: Right. So if you depending you can you can donate to both teams. Or you can donate. To, you can tell one has older kids and one has uh, younger kids. Correct. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to. I just wanted to make that clear if somebody was going to yep. uh, give money. So, Coach, you're there in Williamsport
1: right now. You've been there before, as we mentioned. How do you prepare your players? What do you tell them about what the expectations are, the atmosphere, and everything involved with this great event?
5: You know, for us, like even back in 2018, the first thing is the first part is just to soak it all in. You know, enjoy it. You know, you gotta, you know. It is what it is. You know, the kids, they know ESPN is, you're going to be on ESPN, they're going to be on national TV. So what we tell the kids is that you enjoy it, but at the same time, take responsibility in the sense that we're not, you know, we're representing the entire state of Hawaii. And it's not about trying to be popular, see how much Instagram followers you have or TikTok (laughs) uh, views or anything like that. It's more so about, you know, doing your best so you can help the team and doing your best to represent, you know, our great state of Hawaii, of course. And, you know, um, kids will be kids. Some kids, you know, they're going to, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure, of course, but the ones that can really enjoy it, you know, and we always keep telling our kids, don't base, you know, don't base whether our success on whether, you know, you get a hit, you know, whether you play perfect, um, but base our success on our effort. And that's how we keep stressing to them. Just if we play hard from the first pitch to the last pitch, if we if we have one more run than the other team, great. If we don't, as long as we play hard, then we know, no matter what, we're going to have a great day.
0: You know, the uh, you can catch it. We're talking with uh, Coach uh, Gerald Oda. He's the coach of the Honolulu Little League World Series team. Uh, you can catch it on the radio as well tomorrow, 1 p.m. on CBS 1500. There was an article, Coach, in Today's Star, advertiser about your team arriving
1: in Williamsport. I understand the team got to meet Mariano Rivera yesterday, which must have been a thrill. It also mentioned, and we've heard this over the years, how well-received the Hawaii teams are around the other Little League teams from America and around the world and just the community there. Why is that?
5: You know, I think, again, I think it's, just, it's our Aloha spirit that we have, you know, that we show a lot of respect you know, to the other teams. It's not about, you know, I, I remember when we k- traveled in 2018 and Calvo at the time, you know, was, was very fortunate to visit him. And one of the things I always remember, he, he told the kids, hey, you guys, you know, you travel, don't be tantara. You know, it's ah. not about, you know, you know, it's like, and it's the same thing with the kids. It's, it's always tell them, be humble. You know, show appreciation to everyone. You know, whether it's the, the, the volunteers running the tournament, you know, the security guards here, or even our, the other teams be humble and show appreciation. You know, we've all, everybody here has worked hard to get to Williamsport, and unfortunately, there's only one team that's going to be a champion. So the most important thing is not whether we win or lose, but the most important thing that we're trying to stress to these kids is that have fun, create golden memories, meet your meet you know, create new friends. You know, and and, and you know, back in twenty eighteen. You know, some of those players from my 2018 are still keeping in contact with some of the players that we um, they played against um, during that time. So that's always a nice thing to see. And we always, you know, strongly encourage our kids. Yeah, go make friends. You know, they're they're not, yeah, we're competitors, but, you know, they're kids. You know, these are, these are somewhere in this group, somebody might make it to the MLB one day. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reach, you know, be open to everybody. Welcome everybody. And, you know, so we, one of the things that we do is that, you know, we, um, whenever we have, you know, snacks or anything, we always say, go hey, share it with the other teams that's, you know, on this. So that kind of helps
0: break the ice. That's funny. You give, like, you give a mochi crunch. They're all gross. Look, the white <laughs> kids are eating. What? You're eating spam? What's a... yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, Mike Cherry, former newsman here uh, on Oahu, he's now in Sacramento. He reached out, and he wants – I don't know if you know this, but he wants us to ask you where you can go- buy those little league hats. Do you know? <laughs> you know, it's
5: one of my parents uh, designed it, ordered it. You know, it was a last-minute thing, and you know, I'm glad she did it. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know how where she got it from, but I know they're they super popular in California. Some people, among this one gentleman, actually offered five hundred dollars to just buy one cap. You know?
0: Wow! I, was I like, hope you no sold place. it.
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I was telling about <laughs> that. You didn't sell it. I said I want to sell my by a jersey for a cap. You
0: know. <laughs> Uh, man, yeah, in today's economy, man. I, yeah. Think of how many gas uh, tanks of gas that'll get you. I,
5: I, I not. Yeah, so it was like a very cool caps. Yeah, I was very um, happy. Um, uh, you know, parent design a very well design hat for the kids, and it, it reflects a great, state of Hawaii with the, uh, the Hawaiian flag on our caps. But of course, now at the when we at World's <coughs> excuse me, at the World Series, they, our whole uniform changes, of course. So um, we have different caps. But yeah, as far as I wish I could tell you, but I really don't know where she ordered those casts.
0: <laughs> right on. All right. Well, Coach, thank you very much. Good luck. And uh, folks, be tuning in to CBS 1500 for the game tomorrow at 1 o'clock and each game after that. So thanks, Coach. Good thanks, luck. Thanks, Coach. All of all the support. Take care. Thanks. Okay. All right. And uh, hopefully we can talk to him when he comes back. That'll be kind of fun. I didn't want to bring up that um, incident where. One of the kids on one of the other teams fell off a bunk bed, if you haven't heard about that. It's so sad. He fell off the top bunk of a bunk bed, and he's rushed to the hospital. He's in an induced coma. What a horrible, horrible nightmare of a story. And just how that affects his teammates and all the people that flew up from wherever he was from.
1: Yeah, they're from Salt Lake City, and the kid's father, his name is Easton Oliverson, his father said you guys should play. So they're playing their game. I believe it's on Friday, but they are playing their regularly scheduled game. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, emotions during that game for sure. Yeah,
0: and and his name is Easton, too. You know, such a baseball name, Easton. All right, it's 8.33 with the Sports Animals. I think it's time for, Is it? we have a surf report now? Let's check it out on ESPN Honolulu. Just 12 days, I lied, just (laughs) 11 days away from uh, University of Hawaii football kicking off against Vanderbilt at the T.C. Ching Athletic Complex. By the way, there are still a few hundred tickets for sale. If you want to go, e-ticket Hawaii or the Stan Sheriff Center box office is where you can get your tickets. I mean, football season is here. Now, UH and a few other teams open up on what they call Week 0. Week 1 is, there's some pretty good games. Because most of, a lot of times, your you know, your power schools like Texas A&M is going to uh, play their first game against Sam Houston. I guess they're not called Sam Houston State. Because that's somebody else. This is just a guy named Sam Houston. <laughs> He's going to be out there trying his best. <laughs> 11 <laughs> on one. Anyway, uh, then you got some good games. I mean, here's one, at least good games in name. You have Utah, who's the number six team in uh, the preseason poll. against They're going to be at Florida. Florida's not ranked this year. So it's going to be a great win. Even though Florida's not ranked, it would be a great win. For the Pac-12, if Utah comes out and shines in that game, here's a game that I think a lot of the country is going to be focused on: Notre Dame at Ohio State, week number one. That's a marquee
1: matchup. That's a great and it has matchup.
0: implications that could last the whole, you know, in, uh, implications on your entire season in game one.
1: Whoever loses that game will have a very small margin of error to make the playoffs. If you lose two games, the chances are almost impossible. So you can't afford another slip-up, and somebody's going to lose that game. We know that, and they're going to be in a really tough position after
0: that. I hope my friend Paul is listening, because uh, he's he's like the original Oregon fan. He was an Oregon fan because he went to Oregon before Marcus Mariota. He's, He's a big Oregon guy. And so... I feel bad for Oregon, because they're ranked number what, 16 or whatever they are. Where are they ranked? They're somewhere in the, somewhere in the top 25, but they open up in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta against Georgia. So not only it's going to be a Georgia home game. I mean, technically it isn't, but they're it's, right. it's 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 the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, these guys are powerful. I mean, if if Oregon With a new quarterback in Bo Nix, new transfer quarterback, I mean, they've got some growing to do and some chemistry and stuff to work on. And you're going to open up against Georgia? That could really affect their entire season.
1: I don't know if Auburn played Georgia last year, but him being at Auburn maybe gives them a little bit of an edge if if that's possible because he knows the team. Uh, If they played him, if they did, it, it won't matter at all. This schedule was made more than a year in advance, but you know Georgia was going to be good. I just think Oregon probably thought they would be up to the same standard a year or two ago. They're not quite the same. Again, they're ranked 11th right now. They weren't a great team last year. I don't even know if they made it to the Pac-12 championship. The Pac-12 was down. Uh, Utah, I think, is considered a better team than them. But if they pull an upset, wow, that'll make their season right there. If they lose, though, for them, I don't think their season's over because they're not going to go to the playoffs probably anyway, and they still have a great chance for the uh, Pac-12 championship, Oregon.
0: Here's another good game to open up. Cincinnati against Arkansas, right? A couple of nationally ranked teams there. But this one, and I want to end with this, this one is – This will go down in the annals as one of the greatest opening day matchups this decade. And that would be Miami against Bethune-Cookman. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that Bethune-Cookman team. I've got the DVR set already, and uh, I can't wait for them. They're so good. People are like, who's better? Is Bethune better or is Cookman better player? So, I mean, it's really, you know, those two great guys against Miami Hurricanes. I can't wait. better than sam houston yeah more coming up uh we got uh, we've got uh, the the, tiger woods one of our top stories from this morning tiger woods meeting with a group of um a group of pga tour players to rally him against the pga tour is the pga tour getting desperate we'll discuss that and more coming up on espn honolulu Hey, before we get into that uh, Tiger Woods talk, we're joined now by Tim Johns. He's the president and CEO of Zephyr Insurance, and I uh, did a little research. The 2013 Kama Ina of the Year. Tim Johns back on the show. <laughs> How are you, Tim? Oh,
6: oh, you had to dig way back in the
0: files to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I was Googling because I knew you were the president, but I wanted to make sure I got it right. You're the president and CEO. I wanted to be proper, and then right there, right. YouTube video pops up. 2013, comma I know of the year.
6: Yeah, that was historic, Hawaii Foundation. So yeah, it was a fun day at the uh, night at the Royal, at the Royal right Hawaiian. So, all cool. right, well, folk, folks,
0: as we know, our uh, foremost expert in the uh, state on uh, hurricane insurance is uh, Tim Johns, and we're in hurricane season through the end of November now. There have been a few storms in the Central Pacific, Tim. Is there anything, what do we need to know, when it com- know about when it comes to hurricane insurance?
6: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we've had a few storms, a lot more in the Eastern Pacific than we anticipated. In fact, we're already up to eye. There's a little one churning off Mexico right now, Yvette. If you think about it, EVA was in um, November, that's an I, and Iniki was in September, that's an I. So, you know, we're kind of a little bit more active. A few of them, not really too many came into the Central Pacific, but what people need to know about about insurance is that once a hurricane watch or warning is issued by the Central Pacific Hurricane Center, two things happen. One is their homeowner's insurance, turns off with regard to wind damage. So they won't cover any damage caused by hurricane winds. And your hurricane policy turns on. So once the um, the Central Hurricane Central Pacific Hurricane Center issues that, then that's what happen, happens. The other thing is there's then moratorium where you can't go out and buy hurricane insurance. So it's important to make sure that you've got that in place now. If you've got a mortgage and your mortgage company already or your bank already requires you to have it, but uh, that's what happens: is once once a hurricane comes into our area, your homeowners policy turns off and your hurricane policy turns on. But you can't run out and buy a new hurricane policy. So, mm, very important. Now,
0: say your home does sustain damage uh, to from a hurricane. Do you have any tips on how to file a claim?
6: Yeah, yeah. So the first thing you should do is make sure your family is and your pets and everybody is safe secure. And then, um, you know, once all clear has been sounded, you need to go around and check out your house. If you've got any leaks or anything, it's, you know, it's time to break out the blue tarps and see if you can seal up any kind of um, openings that are there that could cause, you know, more damage to your house or your belongings. And then start to take pictures. Take your phone out. Start taking pictures and document um, the damage. Um, and give us a call. Give your agent a call. Or if you have Zephyr. Um, insurance, give us a call, and we'll get the process, uh, claims process going. That usually will mean a claims adjuster will come out within a day or so to take a look at it and get the claims process going. Since COVID's been around the last couple of years, we also put into place a, um, an app where you can download the app, and the app will walk you through what pictures to take, and then it's automatically uploaded. GPS secured to the to our system so the uh, the claims process starts then and then once once that's validated then we can get you your money and you can get back to normal life. Mm -hmm. Okay now maybe I should ask this
0: first but how do homeowners here make sure they're prepared for a hurricane if it comes our way?
6: Well there's, there's two things one is make sure well probably three things I guess one is to make sure you've got your personal plan so that's, you know, your two weeks of, of uh, food and medicine and all that kind of stuff. And then also, you know, where you're going to meet if your kids are off at school or you're at work or your wife's at work and you want to try to find out where we're going to meet if something, you know, if a hurricane comes our way. So that's the personal plan. The second thing is to make sure that your house is, is in good shape. So right now, you know, it's a beautiful day today walk around your yard you know that mango tree's been growing in your backyard for a while and the branches may be coming into onto your roof or too close to your house cut those back check your rain gutters so that the water can get off your roof and doesn't build up see if there's any leaks like check your doors and windows see if there's any cracks there that you might want to fix and then the last thing i know you've retrofitted your roof already but yes. you may want to take a look take a look at retrofitting your roof to see uh if you can um, you know, prevent that thing from blowing off which is the biggest cause of damage um, during hurricane
0: alright so there's the personal plan make sure your house is in good shape the rain gutters and leaks and things like that
6: right um, and then the third it? thing is uh-huh. your, your policy and then the third thing is check with your agent your insurance agent uh, to make sure you got the coverage you need so if you bought a new house make sure it covers the new house and if you put an addition or an ADU or something in your oh. on your property, just make sure that you're all up to date. So you, you don't want any surprises after the fact to find out that the coverage isn't what you thought it was. Uh, anything else you want you want to add while we got you? Nope, I think that's it. If you got any questions, and go to your your guys' app or your website at ESDN, and then also uh, go to www. and we can answer all your questions.
0: Yeah, it's a good website. Very informal. It has a lot of hurricane t- uh, tips on the website as well. Thank you very much, uh, Tim Johns. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Aloha. All right. Have a great day. Uh, Tim Johns, president and CEO of Zephyr Insurance, 2013 Kama Ina of the Year. He also ran Bishop Museum. Wow. Go ahead and Google just for fun, Tim Johns, <laughs> and uh, you can find out. Anyway, uh, great guy, great guy with some great information. Got a few minutes left in the show, and uh, one of the things that it just seems like the PGA Tour, that this news comes out that they're really desperate. You know, first of all, they uh, when the Live Tour, before Greg Norman started poaching players, they came out and said, hey, if you guys go there, you're gone. You're never coming back. You're not going to play on the PGA Tour. And so that was number one. Number two, after um, the Live Tour comes out, and you see how well the golfers are treated, and how much more money they make, and all of that. The PGA Tour now, all of a sudden, makes changes to their prize prize purses and other things to try and be more like the Live Tour. And now, you have it's like uh, um, the Commissioner Monahan, J Monahan's like, "Hey Tiger, can you get over here and talk to the top twenty players? Not talk to everybody, just talk to the really good players." And make sure they don't go. Tell them how great it is here. That how great they have it in the PGA Tour. That's. It sounds like they're running scared, and they shouldn't be.
1: I think they are as well. And I'm trying to think of it from those top twenty golfers that are going to be there. Okay, if you're Jordan Spieth, Rory McElroy, some of the other best players. You don't really need Tiger Woods to try to convince you. But are, do they really think that by Tiger Woods talking to these other golfers, he's going to convince them to change their mind and maybe not go if they were thinking otherwise? What could he say? Is he going to put pressure on them? I think that part of it is even really more fascinating, is what is Tiger Woods supposed to say to maybe influence these guys to not go there under any circumstances when they might have otherwise? What I mean, I know he's Tiger Woods. Still, that part of it, I think, is really interesting as far as what he'll say. Is it all going to be his words? Are they going to maybe tell him, hey, use this perspective a little bit? That part's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and when you look at the uh, the top, the official world golf rankings, this is not FedEx Cups. it's official world go- You have Scotty Scheffler, number one, Cameron Smith, who is everybody says is gone uh, to the live tour already. But you got, got these are guys that are Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley and John Ram and Justin Thomas. These guys are all making huge, huge money. So there's no really no reason. Well, you could make, you know, generational more. wealth more by going. But at the same time, you know, Ror, can you picture a day where Rory McElroy goes to the Live Tour?
1: No, but I was I didn't think initially that Bryson the Shambo or Brooks Kepko would go. I know they're not on the same level as those guys. That didn't seem Probable at the time, four months ago.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't. But, I mean, it could be, you know, somebody like Victor Hovland or Sam Burns. You know, what about Tony Finau? You know, he's a family man. But when you're talking, and if you're only talking to the top 20 guys, well, a lot of these guys outside the top 20, like uh, um, Abraham Answer uh brooks kepka these guys are all on the live tour anyway Lou, uh, louis Ustazen wow that's funny uh jason kokrak <laughs> they're all on the live tour anyway i guess that's why they're talking to the top 20 guys everyone else is bagged out all right that's it for us today uh thank you tanner hayworth thanks gary we'll see you tomorrow morning at six o'clock remember today at 12 noon let's talk sports with kanoa Leahy and josh pacheco we'll catch you at three o'clock this is espn honolulu 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody.